0: Greetings and welcome to the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. If you're new to the show, this is a long-form podcast where I sit down with guests and we just have a conversation. Now, these conversations are not scripted. They are raw and real. There's no editing. So wherever they go, they go. So hopefully you guys will enjoy the conversations as much as I know that I will. Today's episode is brought to you by nobody. Because let's be honest, nobody likes to hear ads. We all just put up with it because we think we have to. Well, you know what? I decided, let's not do that for the time being and see how we get along. So let's get into what we all came here for, the actual episode. All right, folks, today we have a very special treat for you. We have a new friend of mine that I had met through interesting circumstances. And as we got to know each other a little bit, I found out that he used to pitch in the major leagues for the Cleveland Indians. And Josh Judy is his name, and he agreed to come on the show and kind of give us his story about going uh, to the major leagues, starting obviously from a young child playing baseball, going through college, getting into the minors, and then eventually making it all the way to the major leagues, which most people will never ever be able to say that they did that and it was a very fascinating story like i said josh is a new friend of mine i said we we met under interesting circumstances that we will definitely get into but we had a lot of time to just kind of sit down and talk to each other first and i kind of asked him a bunch of the questions that we're going to kind of talk about here on the show and i said hey would you be willing to come on the podcast? I know it's a very selfish thing of me to ask because you don't really know me all that well. But he was very nice and agreed to come on the show. And I was super excited to have him. Uh, he did an amazing job getting up to speed on his on the details of making his Major League debu- debut for the Cleveland Indians. It was it was awesome. It was, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the show. And there is definitely going to be at least another series of this. This is definitely going to be part one of probably two, maybe three different parts. We'll see how much stuff we can get into. But I think we will certainly have Josh back on the show. But I'm going to stop rambling and let you guys get into the episode. So please sit back, strap in, and enjoy our conversation. Greetings and welcome back to another episode of the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Hess, and today we have a very special guest with us, Mr. Josh Judy. Josh, how are you doing, sir? Good.
1: How are you doing today, Matt? Doing
0: very well, sir. So Josh is a new friend of mine that I met in a very interesting circumstance uh, that we like to call the Whiskey Breakfast Club. So I met Josh uh, waiting in line for bourbon. And uh, we started talking and bullshitting. And then there was one week where he was out of town for work. So he had to send his wife uh, to come in and look for bourbon for him. And she was giving us all kinds of insider information about Josh. It was it was a lot of fun. But I found out that he uh, played baseball. I was like, that's interesting. So we talked about it the next week when I saw him. And reluctantly, actually not reluctantly at all, uh, he agreed to come on the podcast and talk about playing baseball. So uh, why don't you give the listeners a little bit of a background, maybe about how you grew up, uh, maybe what areas, all that kind of good stuff. Are you from the area?
1: I am not. I, I okay. grew up in Morgantown, West Virginia. Okay. Uh, very small town and just played baseball ever since I was able to hold a baseball.
0: Any deck. other sports like in you know, elementary school, junior high, high yeah, school, all that kind yeah. of stuff? Uh, what, all, what all did you do? My first sport was actually bowling. So okay.
1: I, I was able to um, do that. My dad bowled like five nights a week. Like, yes, we, exactly. Like, we usually that's older. how you get into
0: it. The family's into it, yeah. so you get going. Like I had a friend uh, in high school. I think I met him in junior high, but we didn't really start hanging out till high school. And his family was huge into bowling. They loved it. So I started because he was bowling. So we would go out with his his dad and his grandpa and we bowl and he taught me how to curve the ball and do all that (laughs) kind of stuff and it was fun
1: you learn all those kinds of things you learn like the the the, uh the bar games you weren't to throw darts to shoot (laughs) pool i think they go kind of hand in hand with bowling but yeah i mean it um started there uh started in t-ball obviously and just kept playing that then as i got older my passion was football Okay, I love football. I love everything there is to know. Did you start it like the the little kids and oh, do all yeah. that kind of pee wee football? Pee-wee. You know, putting on the little jacket. game. You, can, you can't tackle anybody. Yeah, it's, it's, take, at that but. point, it,
0: it's like it's like, almost like watching like soccer or football. It's like it's it's just bunch ball. It's like yeah, yeah everyone just run for the one kid with the ball. Who's like the one kid actually has talent. You know, and, and that's <laughs> it's pretty almost much all like it pulling is.
1: the flags off. You know, in flag football. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, started there and then um, just progressed uh, from there. Played in high school. I uh, was a starting pitcher for a long time. Uh, started in college, I went to Indiana Tech, which is in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Okay.
0: Did you guys do any like um, high school state championships or anything? It was like a were you like a big program or? So we
1: were we were a big program, but we hadn't been to our state tournament in like thirty plus years. Okay. Okay. I was able to beat our what they considered our regional rival. Not our crosstown rival, which was Morgantown High School because I went to university high school. But our regional rival was Jefferson. They always, always lost to Jefferson for like 20 years straight. I started that game. We were able to beat them, and it propelled us to our first state appearance. In 30 years. And
0: we all know, like, in high school, that's such a huge thing. All those big rivalries. The town gets excited. Like, everybody gets into it. So, to to start and win that game as the pitcher, that's a huge thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was all over the local newspaper. Oh, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Like, well, if kind you haven't won thing, in 20 years, I mean, exactly. it's kind of a big thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was a really long time for um, for university high school to be absent from our state tournament so that was that was pretty cool but i didn't really realize
0: baseball was going to be my life um from, i mean from I, that any standpoint. high school kid like you, you see pros play baseball or even college realistically and you think like yeah i want to do that that'd be awesome that'd be super cool but then if you start to look at the actual statistics and understand those kind of things it's like you're most likely not going to get there and, and most people don't want to be honest with themselves which mm-hmm. is fine cuz you see all these parents who pour all this yeah. time and money it's into time these kids and money into- like i i have a very close friend who unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago and he he had a son who was very much into baseball he was a pitcher big tall strong athletic kid could play outfield could play infield hit really well i mean just could do everything he was a super athlete and he was playing baseball all year round. He was working with coaches throughout the winter, travel ball in the spring, like like baseball in the summer, and then fall ball, all that kind of stuff. He played I mean, all year round. I mean just in and, and my, my friend was trying to say, Hey, like You're naturally gifted. You could probably get a scholarship. It may not be to the best school, but you could probably get your way in and maybe get a degree that way. I don't have the money to send you. So it's either you get loans or we do this. So he was trying to pour everything he could into his son to try to play baseball. And it's what his son wanted. But unfortunately, he got into like high school era. And I think it was his freshman or sophomore year where he just quit entirely because he got so burnt out. He lost on, his on, passion on doing everything it, just, it became a chore he's like like dad I want to have friends I want to go do things I want to get a job and have some money where I can you know, go to the movies on Friday nights or just go do Break. whatever I want to and, go be and, a kid yeah, like, I want like, to be a teenager you know, it's like I can't I can't blame him at all for that like hey man like I get it like if it's if it's a passion where you have to do it mm-hmm. I understand but like obviously it was something that he wanted to do but then he didn't want to after a certain amount of time and at that point he's like my friend was like hey it's it's your decision you know, you do what you have to do. And, and he quit. And, and that was the end of that. And my buddy was so bummed out because he's like, I put a lot of time and money into this. But like anything else, it's like, it, it, just, wasn't, it just didn't work out. It, it, it just is, didn't it pan is, out. It is yeah. what it is. Like, but I, I see that more often than that mm-hmm. the parents push, 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 push. And then the kids just get burned out. And that's all yeah. she wrote. I can see both both sides of that.
1: I can relate to being burned out. I can also relate to this is my way out. That okay, kind of think So like, like a I, small town kind yeah, of thing. Small town um poor family can't send you to college that kind of thing. This is my way out. This is my way out of this town. I wanted out. I wanted I wanted bigger and better things. And baseball really just kind of fell into my lap. It yeah. really did. I mean, let's, let's be honest, it's probably a better choice than the army. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. You know, when you go to fill out that selective service when you turn eighteen, you're like, oh god, please don't please not me, please not me, kind of thing. Um but anyway, like I I was passionate about football. I played football for a long time. I was good at it, like I'm very athletic, blah blah blah. What blah, position do blah. you play in football? I was a corner and a quarterback.
0: Okay, that's a different
1: Different. Uh I was a really tall corner because I was I, I reached six four my junior year of high school, but I was a string being, I had no, no. weight, no way to me, but I was very athletic and coordinated and whatnot. I
0: had the exact same experience where I hit six, five, my freshman year of high school. So I, I think I started eighth grade at six foot. And then started freshman year at six five, Ooh. so I, I grew five inches you grew in that faster year. In that summer, it sucked. Like, <laughs> like my knees were like destroyed. Like it was really, really bad. Um, but it's just it is what it is. I mean, but I was two hundred and fifteen pounds, you know, because I just shot up, mm-hmm. and I was like so lean. It's, I like I, I joke about it because it's like I think I even graduated high school like two thirty five, maybe two forty, you know, and it's like I didn't fill out until college. So I, I, I went off to college, and I came back. I had a summer job at Lowe's, and I ended up running into my football coach and my uh, track and field uh, sh- like shot and discus coach uh, that next summer at Lowe's. He was there getting stuff for his house or whatever, and he saw me. and I was about two sixty, 260, two sixty five. He's like, "Where the fuck was this yeah. last year? Oh my god! Like, man, I could have used this. We could have, you know, been a tight end uh, or whatever. You know. Granted, I broke my ankle and I was out for half the season anyway. Ah. So it is what it is. I probably would have been all, all Ohio. <laughs> I might have got a few looks, but I." I never would have gotten to like any big school. I mean that's mm-hmm. my big regret, like not seeing if I could have made it like playing football Like if in there was a
1: ceiling that you could have reached. Yeah, like I would have yeah.
0: liked to see if I could have played at a D1 school. Like walk on to something like Akron like maybe get some like practice time for a couple of years and maybe actually see some starting time like junior senior year. That's my big regret, but it it is what it is. Like I broke mm-hmm. my ankle so nobody was looking and then like my daughter was born and it's like oh, I got responsibilities so got uh, a good yeah. job now like yeah. you know real life real yeah. life things. Exactly quarterback in a corner I love I lo- it. and i love playing
1: corner because oh, it was like so fun. man defense so, fun. Is so fun i'm defense. horrible at defense but i love defense i love defense granted yeah.
0: catching the ball was pretty fucking awesome <laughs> <laughs> loved I intercepting
1: love- the ball i was able to read because I, I thought like a quarterback so i was able to read I never thought of that yeah um and back then we could have crackbacks you know, yeah, they, that they, that was always a fun part. Cut too. a lot of that out, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I mean, used, I, I get why. <laughs> I mean, I used to love those because, like, we get interceptions and you everybody's head's on a swivel. And now, like, we're just – I'm hunting for somebody. They're not looking. <laughs> and I'm going to mow you over. It's going to oh, yeah. be great. Yeah.
1: Or, like, you have those crackback blitzes and a quarterback has no idea you're coming. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I loved football. That was, that was my passion. I wanted to go to college. I wanted to play at the University of Tennessee because I was a big fan of Peyton Manning. Okay um when he was playing there but that that just didn't happen I got hurt my senior year had to have knee surgery um but what, with, what happened I tore the meniscus okay that's a so, pretty
0: common tear
1: it's a pretty common but the,
0: the real issue with that it's not like an ACL or an MCL where they can replace it or you can get a cadaver or something like that right with, with that it's like they pretty much cut it out and that's all she yeah, wrote
1: I mean they were able to repair it which was great well, that's so, good. so that I got to keep it
0: <laughs> but
1: uh I missed basically the whole season I was available to play in the playoffs but the team was already rolling. Yeah, by there that
0: point, you're, you're out of cycle. You're not in rhythm with everybody. Exactly. Like you're, you're not fresh on the plays, so it's just
1: – Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't get to see anything, any action during my senior season. I, but,
0: I can totally relate to that. <laughs> but
1: <laughs> yeah, but you know breaking your ankle or whatnot.
0: Yeah, I missed six games. I, yeah. I played when I probably really shouldn't have after that, but oh well. Yeah, well,
1: you know, different times. Yeah, but <laughs> got a few touchdowns and finished <laughs> off my
0: career, and that was all she wrote. <laughs> good, good,
1: Um And then from there, like, I just focused on, you know, my senior season of baseball it was going to be my last year. And then from there, I didn't know where I was going to go, if I was going to just go to West Virginia University and go to school.
0: Just because it was close? or It, it was
1: a hometown. Okay, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, didn't know if I was going to go there and just go for school because I wanted. I knew that I had to go to college to to better myself or whatnot,
0: and that was always drilled into going through high school. Well, I mean, they, they've they've sold us that bill of goods since we were little. Yep. And it's like, how good is that? Because I got my degree. Yeah, I got an associate's degree in drafting and design, thinking that hey. I've got a a young family now. I've got to take care of them. I need uh, an education because my parents have been saying, we're not educated, so you need to be. It's him. So my brother and I were the first of our family to go to college. Unfortunately, he did not graduate. I did. But again, it was just an associate's degree. But uh, but I got out thinking like, hey, I'll be able to get into a a job field and be able to do anything that I want to and do all this kind of different stuff. And I got out and realized... Oh shit! Like first of all, I didn't learn anything in school that was mm-hmm. worthwhile. I always tell people I could have taken a two week class for AutoCAD and learned as much as I did in two years of school. It's ridiculous. And then second of all, it's like now that I'm like further in my career, like everyone's looking down on me because I don't have a BS degree. And it's like I do the same shit that those people do. Yeah, they've got more like degrees and they math got, they, classes they or got whatever more
1: hours you know in classroom, yeah, but classrooms. Yeah, the classrooms. That's it. Like I've got they don't more practice- field training. I've got
0: more practical knowledge. But it's like. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So it's it's so frustrating. It's like I feel like I just wasted my time with my degree. Now granted, obviously there there are still career paths that you probably really want a degree. Absolutely. Obviously. Doctor, lawyer. Medical field. You know, um and any, obviously, anything medical. I mean, uh, they, even if they say engineering, but I, I, I push back on that because I think you can learn it on the job. I really do. Because I've worked with some really good engineers who weren't engineers because they didn't have their BS degrees, but they were as good as anybody I saw with <laughs> their degrees. So it's like something like back. that
1: comes down almost to work ethic. Yes. Um, you know, how much time and energy you want to put into it? Exactly exactly yeah so
0: i I get the whole narrative of like yeah you got to go to college but like do you really like i mean it's like especially if you get some business degree like what are you gonna do with that like yeah and that's the big thing
1: now is like getting those business degrees and when they come out they're like hmm what do i do yeah i you know they're twiddling their thumbs and they don't know which direction to go because it's so broad and it's an not to say that it's easy, but it's one of the easier degrees to obtain. There's a reason why a lot of people switch to business degrees. Yeah. So they can yeah. get degrees. So they can get that piece of paper and say that they graduated college. Yeah. Um, I unfortunately did not graduate college. I went for three years. Um, but I got a, back to high school, I got a scholarship um, opportunity because I did work with somebody. And it was the only time that my parents could like – we didn't – um, pay for it. It was, it was like a pro bono type thing. A guy played in the minor leagues with the Cubs organization Was opened up a facility and we got in there. He was um, working with the high school team the whole team, the pitchers and everything and he saw something in me that he didn't see in the other people the other kids. Did he pull you aside and tell you that? Yes, or? he did. Okay. He did um because he saw it from the first practice that we ever held. We were in a, all the pitchers and a lot of the hitters were there and he ran us through some drills and some, some running and whatnot. And I was perform not just outperforming the other kids. It was more of, I wanted to beat the person next to me. Yeah. I, that, that's it. That it was wasn't it. just going through the motions. It exactly. was the effort. It was the effort. Like, I'm going to do the best that mm-hmm. I can. And then that's where he saw that type of work ethic. Um, And I think I got that from my dad. Like he, he's been a welder for 40 years okay manual labor working on uh mine, but mining that's a, equipment but that's a
0: good profession absolutely people poo-poo it because it's not white collar but it's like i got a buddy uh jake and like he's mm-hmm. what i call blue collar proud like he is proud to be blue collar he works hard for a living but mm-hmm. he's proud of that and, like you can make a great living i don't know absolutely. why it's so looked down on in today's <laughs> day and age because like all the all the trades are hurting like yeah, I, I got a friend with two that. kids who didn't do well in school who like ended up like pulling out because like it just, they just – they weren't going to graduate. It is what mm-hmm. it is. But it's like they're looking to get in the trades because they can make a good living. Absolutely. You know? and, and
1: and that's a – it's a dying uh, industry. Yeah. Um. So I, I think I got that work ethic from from my dad. Absolutely. Because I mean I saw him he, – he not that I didn't realize it or I subconsciously realized it. You know, he went to work every day and came home and took care of a family and, and whatnot. Yeah, if so, he was
0: sick, guess what? He went in. Exactly. did you not know? matter. He, he like was sick, hurt, yeah. bleeding. Didn't matter. Like, yeah. he went to work. And if, if the job needs extra hours, he's going to stay after. It's yeah, just, it's he's going to stay after. Like, he's going to work on Saturday yeah. mornings. My father was the same way. You know, he might miss
1: out on, on a baseball game here or there because he had to work or, you know, whatever. Practices, getting to and from, that kind of thing. But um, that, that coach, whatever uh, – he um he pulled me aside and said, "Hey, look, you got a great work ethic. I want you to stick to it. You got something special. You got something that can't be taught, and that's your work ethic. That's yeah. that that's your drive, and that kind of really stuck to me. He held a showcase, a and, uh, and he brought in a lot of uh, D1 schools, uh, NEI schools, um, JUCOs, brought the coaches in and held a showcase, and all I did was throw a bullpen." to some hitter, live hitters in a cage. Um, several other kids did the same thing. And, and all these high-profile athletes in the area were there. And I was fortunate enough to get a, a look from Indiana Tech. And they signed, They get, offered me a scholarship. So I went to college and played. Um, that's kind of how that started. And then went to Indiana Tech. Had no idea. It was six hours away from home. 18 year old kid being dropped off six hours from home, like oh shit. <laughs> like what yeah. do I do? Yeah, reality sets in real quick. Yeah, reality set in real quick, and from there on I've never lived at home anymore. <laughs> so um
0: is all your family still back home in West Virginia?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh parents, sister, every and extended family, they're all still in West Virginia.
0: Is it just you and your sister? Yeah. Okay, just the two yep, of
1: you? Just the two of us. Um, they're all there. Um and I'm here. <laughs> but uh, th- that's how college started. And then the coach that signed me, he was only there for my freshman year. And I actually made the varsity team. They actually have junior varsity in NAIA because they can't technically cut somebody from ba- the baseball program. Why is that? Some kind of rule. Um, because they don't follow the same rules as NCAA because they're not NCAA. NCAA.
0: Really? Yeah. I thought the NCAA like had a stronghold on everything like that. They do on any every college within NCAA. Okay.
1: Indiana but, if, Tech, but if you're outside it, of it, there's different organizations. like junior really? colleges. I had no idea. There's a lot of junior colleges that are not in NCAA.
0: I wonder if that's what people talk about, like when they go to like a junior college. Like if they yeah, they a, call them JUCOs, uh, like, like a quarterback okay. does this a lot. Well, they'll go, they'll go there and play for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and they'll get a chance to come in and play for like a big D one school.
1: Right, they go there to get their feet wet. Yeah, get to some under, experience. Experience at at a higher level, and then they move on to a bigger. And they program. don't lose any eligibility because it's not exactly. NCAA.
0: That's interesting. And within AIA, I've heard of that. Yeah. I, just, I didn't know it was different. I just figured that mm-hmm. it was like a. I just, I figured it was like the NCAA was still going over all that, but no, I didn't realize it was different. They're separate entities. That's cool. Okay.
1: So, um, I don't, I, I mean, I, I'm speaking from, from when I got to, to college. I don't know if those rules have changed. Well, who knows? But, I mean, but uh, obviously you only know your experience. <laughs> exactly. right? Exactly. And then, uh, so the coach that I had, he lasted the one year. I made the varsity team, was able to pitch my freshman year start. I started in college. Um, and got to pitch against Purdue University in one of my last starts for Day, the season.
0: Dare I say, isn't that a rare thing to start as a freshman?
1: Yes, yes. Wow. Um. They they really need, and the all the other starters were upperclassmen. They yeah, were, they were juniors. Again, they have been training for a couple of years. Been, they had, they had already been in college and played for three and four years at the at the program. Yeah. Um, I I,
0: I think some people don't realize the difference here. Could you try to break this down of, like, the difference between playing in high school and playing in college? Because everybody thinks, like, oh, yeah, well, I was a stud in my high school. I could have gone on to college. Like, no, 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 no. Like, do you remember that one stud in your entire (laughs) league? Yeah, he's the one guy who got to college, and he's sitting on the bench. So can you try to explain to people, like, what the difference is there? And, And I think you hit the nail
1: on the head there is that you take every stud from your area. Yeah. Not Not your school. Not not every school. Yeah. Just from your area. And then put him on an all-star team with 15 other studs from different areas. That's college. Yeah. So you have – Everything's faster. Everything's sharper. You guys are bigger. They're bigger, stronger, stronger, faster. I mean, the same thing that you you hear all the time on on ESPN.
0: I mean, it's it's just the truth, right? Yeah. Like, there's a reason why they say that, because it's so true. Absolutely. And so you take them,
1: and then you got to go out there and show why you deserve to be there. Why they chose you to be a part of their team. And that was my thought process. Yeah. Like, to go out there and show that, hey, I'm from a small town, but I belong here. You gave me an opportunity. I'm going to do the best I
0: can, because... This is where I want to be, yeah, you give me that you again know, it's that chance. drive that that coach picked up on when you well, were in he, high school that the other kids probably just didn't have and
1: and to be honest, and it wasn't until like recently, like as even further into my professional career that I realized that. I didn't know that I had that, I didn't realize
0: it then I just did it yeah. But again, if you just if it's ingrained in you from your dad, like yeah. to just work hard, like and like me, like when I when I played sports, like I was just naturally good at sports. Same, but I never had to work super hard because again, I was always bigger and better than most of the kids that I was playing against. Right. So it's like I never put in the time and effort that I probably really should have. Like, but I still was was decent enough, like to to be like one of the best. And I can relate to that because my
1: ability carried me to this point. Yeah. Like. Did I put in the extra hours or, you know, behind the scenes kind of thing in high school? No. I mean, let's be honest. Like most people, most kids don't, they, they might be going with, uh, so-and-so's over here doing lessons or their parents are, like you said earlier, are pouring money into their programs and whatnot, but are the kids really actually doing it is a different story. Yeah. Or are they just there because mommy and daddy said they have to. <laughs> I have to be here. You f- you, I mean, you run into those sometimes, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, like, and, and that's why I was able to, you know, I saw the list when it was posted. I was like, holy shit! Like, I made the varsity team. It's like, you know, like in major league. Hey, hey, Serrano, I made the rooster. You know, <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> oh, the best baseball movie ever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, uh, and then from there, like. Learning, learning from the the upperclassmen, learning, learning how to be a college athlete. I didn't know anything. I was, you know, still wet behind the ears. Yeah, you know, um, now, did, to, did you still have like a full class load and everything? Oh else? yeah, oh yeah. So I'm taking thirty six hours or whatever it Holy was. Back, was back then, um, full class load. I had no, I. I thought I wanted to work with computers, and I didn't realize until, like, my junior year I didn't want to work with computers anymore. <laughs> but <laughs> now I wish I would have stayed in
0: all of that because t- look where technology has gone. Yeah, but, but I'm, I'm a firm believer that you could take, like, a six-month course right now and get into some sort of IT field and then learn everything on the job. Oh, because yeah. like everything's changing so fast. That if you, so rapidly. If you do something more than, especially if you go off to college and take like a degree for that, like it's all going to be antiquated by the time you actually get out. Like so, <laughs> it's exactly, like realistically, it's gonna be outdated. Oh, well, I have a friend like because I was trying to get out of my old field, which is in construction, mm-hmm. and I've been trying to get out of that because I, I see it kind of dying. Like I've had four four jobs since I graduated college, and I've been laid off of three of those four. Now granted, tw- two times of that is political reasons. Like, but still nonetheless, like times were slow and I was the oh, first yeah. one to go. Like you're, it is what it is. It, so you're somewhere on that totem pole. Exactly. So I was talking to a friend of mine who was a personal trainer and he was tired of not getting paid by clients and being what do they call that? Like an independent contractor. Independent, so there's yeah. no no insurance, no, 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 nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's just doing his own thing. He's like, I'm tired of like not making any money. So he got into cybersecurity. So he took like a uh, a certification over a few months or whatever it was. Got a job, and then mostly has learned on the job for the last year, two years, or whatever it's been. And I talked to another friend of mine who got into IT, and he said, get in with a company and let them pay for all your training because they'll send you to what you need. Because if you go off and yeah. do whatever in a school. It, it, it may not apply to anything. It, it, it's so, you, so that they can mold you how they want exactly. you. Exactly. Because you might like realize, hey, I worked on this other software, but we don't do it that way. So we need to do it this way. So mm-hmm. we're going to have to untrain you and then retrain you. <laughs> it's, so it's and it's more work for them. Yeah, but it's basically what he said, though. So it's like there's a way to get in. So you just got to get your foot in the door. Well, if that's a three-month certification or whatever, just do that. To, to, again, just have that need to get in, but then I really think that, like anything else, like we learn on the job. We learn by doing. Mm-hmm. We learn by watching. We're, we're visual learners. Yes. And, and and seeing something physically, being able to touch it,
1: that's how we learn. Yeah. 100% Yeah, So on. I
0: can't say that I blame you t- too much for like not wanting to do the computers, but there, there's always that ability yeah. now. You can always go back.
1: For sure, for sure. You know, and, and, you know, and whatnot, but learning from those upper classmen was, was uh, very eye-opening, like how to balance their workload balance practices because when you got to college baseball that's all you did yeah, it's basically your job it's it's, it's your school job work and you got baseball. school and then baseball and then whatever happens after practices you're so tired from all all day
0: that you're just like i'm ready for bed yeah i'm done i can't do anything else well, i mean it's like people talk about that especially with like uh football people mm-hmm. talk about this all the time like oh well these kids are getting educations like no they're not Like Most of these kids who go to these big schools, they are there to play football. That is their job Mm because football makes those colleges millions Millions and millions and millions (laughs) of dollars and literally subsidize all the other sports who Mm -hmm. lose money. Oh, yeah. So it's like, it's their best interest to make sure those kids are playing football, yeah. not so getting education. So they're giving the
1: tutors. They're giving the help that N- they not need. Not to mention, they're
0: taking classes like football. Yeah. Like, like, uh, there's golf. no <laughs> there's no need for that. I mean, granted, if you want to take that as elective, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But realistically, it's like... Their I degrees
1: at, are very elective-driven. Yeah.
0: I look at it like, just pay the kids. Just let, let them make the money. Let, and they let started them, doing that, by let, the way. Let, let them be athletes. I love that. Yeah. That, that I, I my heart. I 100% agree with that. Not yeah. just
1: because I... I I'm an athlete, but like you said earlier, the the universities are making and lining their palms with with millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, and the NCAA is making sure those kids can't make any. Which, of it. by the way, is a not for profit organization. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how, how do they make millions then? Oh, exactly. That's amazing. It, it's funneled around. It's pushed around. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. We're not, we can they stay, you know, here all day and talk about it. But I agree that some places have allowed. For athletes to get paid, look at that that recent kid at Alabama. He was given a, like a four million dollar deal with like Nike or something like that. I forget the company, but just Nike as an example. He was giving that because he's going to be the star at the University of Alabama. Yeah. So I completely agree that athletes of that nature should be stipend somehow. Yes. For for who they are.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Like if Tim Tebow, like back in the day. When in Heisman trophies was getting paid at Florida, he might have been. Nobody knows. I mean, I hate to say it. Chances are there was some sort of compensation. Exactly. Like these kids are not able to go to class normally. Like you and I, like if we decided to enroll in class right now, we would show up and go to a classroom. These kids have practices. They have weightlifting. They have conditioning. They have to be here
0: for this meeting. They have to be. Presentable for the media. Not okay. to mention when they start traveling for games, like they're exactly. going to be gone for three or four days to get there to train and practice and get ready. And exactly, they're, they, you know, for a Saturday football game,
1: just football as an example, they're leaving on Tuesday or Wednesday, yeah, to get to the next city, and it's the same, you know, professionally, but. Um, they're leaving early. It's not like they left Saturday morning and flew wherever. No, these kids left Wednesday, so they missed all of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of classes. They get that, that has to be made up at yeah. some point. But I mean, we can talk all day about that. <laughs> but um, so yeah, like learning from from those guys on how to balance that workload and balance your school life and still
0: have fun. Like it's still. F- supposed to be fun and dare i say baseball looks like the most fun of the, the sports to play it, it just does like i was horrible at it so i quit in like sixth or seventh grade or whatever it was you know but still it's like they look like they're having the most fun because like football was tough i loved it but football was tough
1: football's hard it's, you know it's
0: it's, it's, f- it's a physical game yeah
1: whereas baseball's a chess match with a lot of moving parts <laughs> uh, you know there's a lot of ins and outs of this and that and and while still having fun and and being around the teammates and, and your your clubhouse but was able to to, to learn and, and a couple underclassmen kind of took me under their wing and oh which then, was great which was awesome and because i think they realized like yeah, holy shit, this kid is, you know, not bad. Starting yeah. as a freshman, there's yeah. a lot of talent there obviously. Yeah, like there was no like hype or anything that that followed me. It's not like I was Bryce Harper coming, you know, at 18 years old and he's going to be put straight into the major leagues. That's not that, that I, wasn't the case. I thought
0: that was against the rules.
1: No. Okay. So you can be 18 get drafted out of high school. You can actually get drafted by a major league organization out of high school. I thought they changed that like when LeBron went pro. So That's they, they, NBA. that they, theirs might be different Oh, so it's all different yeah because baseball okay. baseball it's not like the other sports they have 50 rounds five zero so every so think about that 30 major league teams draft 50 new people
0: each year that seems ludicrous that seems like way too many you would think but think about they have the major leagues they have triple
1: A they have double a they have single a they have Low single eight. They have short season.
0: They have rookie ball. And then, please forgive my ignorance. Like I don't know what these <coughs> things mean. So we'll, 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 we'll have to explain. Yeah, those. yeah.
1: We'll get we'll, we'll get into that after we get past the, the, the college. Um, and like I said earlier, we I was able to face Purdue University, University of Purdue, as a freshman. <laughs> I think I was shaking in my shoes. Yes. Like holy shit! Like I'm a- facing a big D1 school. um And we played at Purdue, and this was, um, it was in February. All games got canceled pretty much in the entire state of Indiana because of snow, weather, whatever it was. It's February, yeah. It's February. And our season was supposed to start. We actually drove down from Fort Wayne to West Lafayette and played a game. And I started against Purdue in February. Um, and we were the only game, only college game played in the whole state.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: God, I could just imagine. There like, wasn't a lot of people there. Don't get me wrong. Well, it's, it's, it's February. It's, it's cold, it's, and it's baseball. Beginning
0: of the season. <laughs> yeah. so Like it's, it takes a while for people to kind of warm up to that, right? Yeah. I think yeah. towards the end of the season, people are people paying are, more attention, and
1: they were still kind of in that football hangover. In that early part of the oh, that's, season, yeah, that's fair. Okay, um,
0: I can I can only imagine like what you were feeling, like knowing you were going to start that game, like <laughs> just like <laughs> I don't think I slept that. Night. Yeah, that's not exactly what I'm thinking. Like just laying in bed, like okay, I, I can't screw this up. Like I got to do good. <laughs> yeah, I made sure to go get like a,
1: a good meal. Like I wanted to be at my best, of course. Um, but I don't think I slept. Maybe a couple hours. Yeah, that's not bad. surprising. Like, I was nervous. Yeah, but all things aside like i went out there i was able to perform uh, i think i went 6 innings or something like that against a like not not that they were a powerhouse but i went to
0: a, you know a small school yeah. facing a big d1 we, yeah, we weren't supposed to be there that's huge i mean um, that's like akron playing ohio state and it's like people say like oh well, they play them all the time like yeah they do it because they're close and that ohio state knows they can sell out the tickets and it's like, and it gives the other kids like a chance to go play at Ohio State. But mm-hmm. realistically, it's it's just a warm up, it's just because you're, you know, you're exactly. going to beat the snot out of them.
1: Exactly. And I think we actually held our own and we ended up losing by like one or two rods. But when I came out of the game, we were still. Either I think we either tied or we were winning. Nice. Um. So I can hang my head on that. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean that, that's uh, a huge accomplishment as a freshman. Yeah. A, as a as a nineteen uh, year old kid then because <laughs> my birthday's in early February. So okay. it was it was just so, after so, that. So you just turned. Yes, I just turned nineteen. Um. And then uh, the following season, I had a really good freshman year, and then I went home, um, back to Morgantown. And played in Legion Ball, which was summer summer um summer baseball, kinda like Little League and Babe Ruth and all and Pony League. American Legion was a big deal for Morgantown because they had one team where they brought uh so all the all the area high schools p- felt Yeah, e- so it'd be like a travel ball where you get like basically in, uh, like
0: invited to come play on the team if you're good enough.
1: Yes. Yes. And uh the coach was good friends and actually he coached at West Virginia for a little bit on the baseball side and said, hey, we, we saw that you had a really good freshman year. We would like you to try and walk on here at West Virginia University. And I was like, walk on. Like, Are you telling me that I'm not like good enough to be a part of your program? Like, yeah, I was at, like,
0: I got a scholarship now. Yeah. Why would I lose that to walk on and, 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 and maybe get cut?
1: Exactly. So what their thought process was, and this is the old coach at West Virginia who um he he would he wanted me or wanted other people like that he didn't see or give scholarships to to come in in the fall and throw to his number one guys practice against the number one team and then by the way we don't have a scholarship for you you know, you, you can stay here and go to school and then next year you can try and walk on again. Kind of thing. <laughs> so I, I saw the writing kind of on the wall there and I was like, no, you know what? I'm really happy at Indiana Tech. It got me away. Like I felt like before, like I wanted
0: out. Yeah. That was my out. I was I was in a new place. I mean, now you're, you're six hours away from home. So you're, you're far enough away that you really can't visit, but once, maybe twice a year. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe during the summer. But if you're playing ball there, then you're going to stay there. On, on campus or around campus. Exactly. That is what it is. So it's like it got you away from you know the, the place where you didn't want to be. I mean, you're not around family, which kind of sucks. Yeah. But, I mean, sometimes you got to spread your wings and go. Exactly. Like, I, was, like, I mean, p- people, what do they say? Most people live and die within 50 miles of where they grew up. Like, that's just normal, right? That's an incredible stop. I, but uh, it's like I always tell people because when – When we were graduating, I mean, granted, it's been a long time ago when I graduated (laughs) high school. It was like, should I move away? I'm like, yes, go, leave. Yes, go, go experience something else. If you hate it, you've got friends and family here, you can always come back. Go. Exactly. And that's exactly how I would tell it. I never got that opportunity because, like, me with a young daughter, it was Mm -hmm. like, it was time to hustle. You know, whereas now she's older, so like, now I get to explore more start to do more vacations like i've been taking vacations since high school realistically mm-hmm. other than long weekends here and there because everything is always spent on her when she comes up to visit or if i if i go down there to visit so right. it's like all my vacations have always been tied up and that's not a problem like i was happy to do it but now it's like it's a different phase of my life where i get to maybe go explore and go kind of go do some things now which which would be kind of fun you know so it's like Absolutely. i always tell people it's like man just go because if you have the opportunity do it yes because again, don't hold if, back if it doesn't work out chances are your parents will take you in for a little while while you get on your feet back at home
1: exactly uh, i mean that's worst case scenario yeah. you know you get to go home and and do whatever yeah but yeah so i i went back and then we actually got a new head coach our our head coach got fired from the first uh from my first season um, uh good thing or bad thing it was kind of a mix of both. I didn't realize it like at the time, like what was really going on. Like, I just thought this was what our, co- what college was all about. Like, okay. the, you know, this is how things were supposed to be run. And in reality, maybe not so much. So he just was mismanaging the program? I or? think so. Okay. But,
0: uh, so was, uh, that, was uh, anything malicious or anything crazy? No, there or? was
1: nothing malicious. There was nothing crazy. Yeah. It was just. It wasn't like running around, like snapping people's butts. <laughs> <and ripped out? laughs> no, none of that. None of that. <laughs> um, that, that's later <laughs> <laughs> but we got the. uh a new, they hired a new coach and he reached out to everybody um and I believe he he tried to reach out to me but I don't think I responded so maybe he didn't know that I was coming back and then some of the people there some of the guys there were like oh yeah he does he does his own thing like he'll 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 just show up he'll be back I don't know how I did, you know, what I did or what I didn't do, but because um, I was playing baseball in the summer back in my hometown and and doing the travel thing, so we did that. Um, I show up and we have a new coach and come to find he tells his story. Guy played in the minor leagues uh, with the Cardinals with the likes of David Eckstein, Albert Pujols, um, um a bunch of other guys, and. He actually, at one point, beat out Pujols in the organization in hitting and average and fielding at one point in his career. He was um, with the Cardinals. He was with the Reds for a while. So this guy actually played professional baseball, and now he's managing and coaching our program. It rubs some people the wrong way, some of the things that he did, but... He ran things professionally, whereas beforehand, it was kind of loosey-goosey it was kind of loosey-goosey here yeah. and there kind of thing. and I think that's what led you know to a firing or whatnot. And, it, and that's usually the case, and I mean, you see it in sports, you know and across all aspects. But I really bought into his program and what he was teaching, and he kind of took me under his wing. And we talked uh, uh, quite a bit, and and worked hard. And but his biggest thing that I took away from him was that we were student athletes. What comes first in that in that word? The student. Student. So he made sure that we were students first. On top of your classes, not skipping. Yeah. And then then came the athletic part. Then came your your what you do. So he would get a report. He would print it out. Every week, at the end of the week. And for every missed class, you ran a mile.
0: <laughs> so,
1: like, this, I mean. I can see why people wouldn't like that. Yes.
0: Um, like, I had it so good before. What happened?
1: Yeah, and you had some juniors and seniors that, you know, could get away with missing classes here and there. Or they didn't take classes in that period. Or they just didn't go because all they wanted to do was play, play ball, baseball. Yeah. Play baseball and, and live college life. Um. So we actually had a kid miss in one month he missed like 36 or 37 classes in a month. That's a lot of running. That is a lot of running. And he had to you had a certain and when he put stipulations on you had a certain time frame to make up those miles. There was no way this kid was going to run x amount of miles in a week and but we would be there practicing and that's what he would be doing one one lap around our entire campus on the sidewalk was a mile, and every in our outfield faced the street and the the sidewalk so every time he ran by our right field foul pole, he had to say "One coach <laughs> two coach yeah, <laughs> like, yeah and had to Yeah, ten, that's ten all minutes he, later, <laughs> yeah ten minutes later, like i mean I'm sure he was walking or whatever, but you know it is what it is um, but I really bought into that like holy cow like. Student athlete, student came first. So then I
0: started. Not to mention just being more professional, like saying, "Hey, let's take things more seriously."
1: And you know what? Like we went from, um, like like five hundred or barely above five hundred. We didn't win our our conference, or we made it to the conference tournament, but we didn't do so well. We didn't make it to regionals or anything like that. The previous
0: year, I could see the need for a change.
1: So we had it, you know, a, a change, and then we went from. That to winning like 50 games, we were like fit 49 and 15 or something like that. Wow! So guys
0: were buying into what they, you know, now well, they see, say trust seeing, the process. Well, they're seeing the success. That's yes. the thing is like at first it's really hard to get people to buy into your new process mm-hmm. because they don't see any benefit. They just see more work or more trouble yeah. or anything They else. see it, it a face value. Yeah, exactly. But then once you start to see the results, it's like, hey, this guy knows what he's talking about. Like, right. There's a reason why he got to the level he got to. There's a reason mm-hmm. There's for a that. reason for that. And he actually played, um,
1: or he coached and played at another small NAI school that we would always go down and play as our like spring trip, we would okay. go down to Tennessee, play all these big NAI schools that are known for going to the World Series.
0: They get warmed up for the season.
1: They get warmed up for the season. We drive down there and provide them that that experience. I guess you well, would I mean, say
0: you get to see what good teams look like. They get a warm up, so it's win exactly. win. It's, it's it, good it, for everybody.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, which was Cumberland University in Cumberland, Tennessee, which is just outside of Nashville. Um. They've had guys drafted. They had guys make it to the major leagues. They had a great program. And he came from that program and took an opportunity to lead and manage a team of his own instead of just coaching and recruiting. But he brought that, and he was able to recruit guys and recruit athletes to our program. And it made us better. Okay, um, He did that. We went on and won- we won our conference tournament. We won the conference, we went to regionals, uh, we won regionals and went to super regionals and lost, but we were able to see that success that you were talking about. Um, and yeah, like I, I really tried to buy into everything that he said because I could see it. Yeah. I could see the change. I could see the change in our culture as a team, as, as people.
0: In the atmosphere, like uh, for you guys, uh, what will you call it? It's not a locker room. Clubhouse, clubhouse. So it's like the atmosphere in the clubhouse, like it's so the important. Mora- the morale yeah. changed if everyone can buy into like a, a bigger vision. Yeah, like, it creates such cooperation. Like we had talked about that like, playing football or other sports or what mm-hmm. have you. It's like if everyone buy in, like will buy into like a bigger vision. Like it just it creates so much. Uh, better like camaraderie between the teammates because everybody like we're all fighting together for this one thing we're all fighting for that one goal that one thing instead of fighting for positions or bitching about this or oh i'm sore from practice or whatever no it's like it's bigger than you. i can't believe i gotta do this tomorrow i can't believe i got that yeah i love i love the attitude the leadership it takes to get there and
1: when he brought that like tech really really changed for the better um I actually was able to win. I won Pitcher of the Year oh, wow. for, for our conference, Holy for the whole shit. conference. And I was an honorable mention All-American that year as a sophomore. Wow. And wow! I had, I had really good numbers from a pitching standpoint, except for, like, wins and losses. But
0: my ERA was great. My strikeouts were great. Like, other numbers were great. So what, what does that mean for you then? If the, the numbers look good, but you're not getting the wins and losses. So
1: if you're looking at it from a pitching standpoint or even a coaching or recruiting and you see a pitcher, that, let's say, um, I take Zach Greinke, for example, when he pitched for the Royals. He was on the worst team in baseball and the guy won a Cy Young. He was voted the best pitcher in all of baseball in the American League.
0: Even though the team would lose a lot. Even
1: though the team was the worst in baseball. But his numbers show that like, hey, I did this okay. with what I had. So, so, like, so as a
0: pitcher, the numbers are more important than your W's and L's.
1: Yes. So like your W's and L's could be very skewed. You could be below 500 or above 500. You might lose a one nothing ball game. You know, you get the loss because your team couldn't score runs. But you did your job. You held it. One run. Yeah. You did your job. And I think that's where, you know, baseball finally said, like, hey, we got to look at this a
0: different way. Like, well, it makes sense because it's not even fair because normally the pitchers aren't pitching the whole game anyway. Exactly. So you're only seeing so many batters and somebody could come in after you and give up a bunch. That's not your fault. Right. So then you get, you know, obviously the no decision. But like, let's say,
1: like I said earlier, you take a loss and you kept the game extremely close. You gave your team an opportunity to win. And let's say your ERA is a sub two. You know you're you're a 1.9 ERA over 70 innings, but your losses are you know escalated over top of your wins. Now, what would be like an average ERA for a starter? For a starter, you for me, I set um, the ceiling high for myself. So, an average ERA, I think, if I was a starter, I want it within 3.0 to four, but anything less than three. You're is, doing is really great. good it's really really so good. one nine is ridiculous R- one nine's ridiculous okay okay
0: yeah, I mean those are kind of video game numbers <laughs> yeah well again i'm I'm not big on baseball, so yeah. I, I don't know i don't i don't watch a lot of sports. Mm-hmm. The sports that I watch are niche things, like I watch professional disc golf you oh, know, nice' I watch like a lot of like uh youtube like golf videos stuff like the things that i 'm interested uh-huh, in absolutely you know, but it's like as far as sports go, it's like. eh. Like I don't mind watching like a game here and there, but it's like I, I just I don't follow it like, don't a follow, lot of you don't do. follow the number side of no. it.
1: Man, that's that's quite all right. Um, but if you know I told you like the quarterback his wins and losses, but he you know put up stupid numbers. he, he put up 500 yards yeah, of exactly. passing and, like, Holy shit, and four man. touchdowns yeah. but but his defense let him down because <laughs> you know the other team scored five touchdowns. and, and, and it is what it is. Um, kind of the same thing. But I was able to do that uh, sophomore year, and then he got me in touch with playing in one of the premier... Your your new coach. Yeah, the new coach at Indiana Tech. He got me in touch with playing in one of the premier uh, summer leagues for college baseball players, and it was called the Valley League, which was held in in Virginia, and you played all these different cities in Virginia, and you're playing against uh, guys from Florida State, Ohio State... College of Charleston, South Carolina, these Clems- studs. Clemson, Yeah, all, all these studs, um, and I was naive back then too, I didn't know anything about the Cape Cod League that you hear about, the Alaska League, and then the Valley League was number three, it was the number three premier college summer league for baseball, so I was able to go and play in that, and got to live in Virginia, had a host family, great, great people. Uh, got to meet a lot of cool guys from different programs. Guys from, that played at Florida, Florida State, and some of them we still remain friends to this day. Oh, that's cool. Um, did that? I, I actually made the All Star team where they take the best. Like they, there's two divisions in that that summer league, and I got to represent the North the North um, division as their starting pitcher. Wow. Um, so I got to be part of the All Star game. For this league, and that was heavily, heavily scouted. Oh, yeah. Scouted by all all major league teams, um, came and scouted that league. And they were there throughout the season as well. Like, you could see that there was people there scouting, you know, um center fielder from Florida, a right fielder from Clemson, and pitcher over here, a catcher from over here, and and the list went on and on and
0: on. Just for whatever they need for their program. Exactly.
1: And they're there scouting. Uh, Other schools were scouting as well. and So it was a a very pressured situation, but I kind of took it like, oh, they're just normal people. They're just there. Yeah, they're holding up radar guns and doing their business and writing things down and they're just dressed in a collared shirt sitting in the stands but you know they're just a normal person I try not to pay attention to it but there were guys in 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 our team that would try and like oh my
0: god like this person's over here trying to do this and that it's whatever well, you, you gotta focus on what you need to do <laughs> exactly. and play your game exactly because like that, that for some reason freaks out so many different people for, for some odd reason right because it's like what does it matter if they're there or not? Like you're there to do your job. So it's like you focus on you, get your job done, and don't worry about it. Because if you focus on somebody else, like you're almost guaranteed to screw up. Because then, then you're going to think about, oh, oh, I need to do this oh, because of this. Like, like, no, it's like you're going to be loose and, like, loose and like, go do your thing. It's just it's just how that works. For sure. Um, and, then, and then I went back
1: to the program, uh, to my college, and – Uh, went into my junior season and I remember the coach bringing me in, in in the fall before we started our fall uh, workouts and whatnot and said, Hey, you had a decent sophomore year. You got in your feet wet. You got a little taste of what we can do here. You got something special. There's going to be a lot of scouts. There's going to be people coming here because your velocities at this, your, your, your work ethic is impeccable, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, I need you to be an example for our program. I need you to be like all these things. He's putting me on this like pedestal and I've never been that person. No pressure. No pressure at all. (laughs) And and I'm like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? (laughs) And I just uh, did everything that I did before. I just went about my business and kind of led by example kind of thing.
0: I think that's the only way to lead. I mean, like (sighs) – you see this in corporate America all the time, mm-hmm. where somebody gets put into a position of authority or uh, management. Because it's definitely not leadership. So, but they're in this management position and role, and they think that they need to rule with an iron fist and this and that, blah blah blah. Like, no, it's it's your job to lead by example. Exactly. Like you know, it's it was the uh, you see this a lot like the military. Like, don't tell your guys to do something. That you're not that willing you to do, to your, do yourself. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like uh, Jocko Willink talks about this a lot. I don't know if you're familiar with Jocko. Uh, former Navy SEAL. Uh, now he's like an author. Uh, he does like leadership consulting, that kind of stuff. Uh, he's very much involved with um, uh, Origin Maine. Uh, so they, they, they're manufacturing like all kinds of – like uh, jujitsu geese, uh, clothing, mm-hmm. boots. Like they're, they're trying to bring back – like manufacturing, like everything made in the U.S. US. kind of stuff, oh, right? Cool. Like doing all that kind of stuff. He's, he's big on board with that. And he had talked about like back when he was, you know, like a commander, like in the Navy SEALs, like doing all this kind of stuff. And he was saying, hey, if, if I've got this bad shift, you know, at whatever clock for, for what is it, uh, security or what have you, from like, you know, midnight to four in the morning, like I'm going to take that shift. Like that's what I'm going to do because I want my guys to know that I'm going to take the hardest one. So we'll give them the other ones. We'll, we'll, give them- we'll cycle around like everyone's going to pull their share. But he's like, I'm going to take the hardest part, and like that's the only way to lead. So I love the fact yeah. that your co- your coach is doing this for you guys. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, like, and he really was a great coach. He's one of the best that I've had throughout my my career. Have you kept in touch with him? Yes, all Good. the time, Good. all the time. Uh, he's now in Florida, um, but after my junior seat, like went through my junior year, we had him. Very, very, very good season. I was fortunate enough to to repeat as Pitcher of the Year. Nice. Um, Two years in a row. Two years in a row for for, for the – That's got to be rare. For the WAC. I don't know if it is or not, but um, the Wolverine Hoover Athletic Conference, the WAC. Was able to repeat as that uh, was an NAI All-American – And we were able to go to super regionals to like the championship of the super regionals, and we actually lost on like a squeeze bunt or something like that in the in the last game. And
0: it is what it is. We would would have
1: we would have went to the NAI World Series for the for the first time in like five years. Um, because leading up to uh, me coming to Indiana Tech in '04, they had been a powerhouse at the World Series and had won, had been there for – and made consecutive appearances and whatnot. But then my three years, we never made it once. Um, maybe it was bad juju.
0: I have no idea. Yeah, but it's, it's, I mean, it's like sometimes things just shake out that way. It is Absolutely. what it is, right? It's like if you're in the mix, like that's all you can really ask for. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the games go your way. Sometimes they don't. Yeah, the it's ball like, can bounce your way and the ball could not. Exactly. People get so worked up on that kind of stuff. And it's like, hey, mm-hmm. man, it's just – it's the name of the game. It's just like you can't change it. So it's like if you give yourself chances, eventually things will work out mm-hmm. hopefully. And and we had a and throughout the
1: whole the whole season, my junior season, we had other got other studs um on the starting rotation pitching-wise and they were getting heavily scouted. I was getting scouted. Um this coach brought a lot of that connections that he had with minor league baseball and ma- in the major leagues. Uh, organizations and he brought that to our program so it was great that our program was getting recognized um, for talent we were getting scouted all year all year and after uh, we lost in the in the super regional uh, it was the end of the season I uh, actually went back to the Valley League in Virginia same host family and was there but leading up to that because that took place in July, the major league draft was in June, and I had been receiving phone calls left and right from basically every major league team. Hey, what's your signability? What's your projectability? What do you want to do? Blah 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 blah. How much money do you want? <laughs> All uh, the money. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's a really tough question to you know a twenty one year old kid. Um, how much do you think you're worth? And it's like, well to be honest with you, I think I'm worth millions of dollars. I mean, because that's what you see on TV. But in reality, it's like, what are you worth to get signed to go play professional baseball?
0: And more, more. So it's like, what are you worth to that organization you're going to? Exactly. What value do you bring to them? Mm -hmm.
1: It's like what you're bringing to the table, what are they willing to pay because that's what they think you're worth. And you're not talking with, you know, coaches or anything like no, that. No, it was and just it, scouting It's agents. just a scouting. And then I was being contacted by agents. Um, but the agent I ended up choosing, because fortunately, I got drafted by the Cleveland Indians in the 34th round in 2007. Hey-o. Woo. <laughs> Which was great, because I grew up a Pittsburgh Pirates fan, but they're National League. I needed a team to root for in the American League. Well, what was closer? What was the closest to West Virginia? Cleveland.
0: Oh, that's great.
1: So I had Cleveland. So I, I rooted for Cleveland all through the 90s and, and whatnot. Cause well, they, were, they were pretty good in the 90s. They so were really good in the 90s. It was easier to root for them
0: then. Yeah. I mean,
1: even in the strike season, which I didn't really understand until I got older what the strike was, but the Indians were in first place, you know. Um, but I, I got a phone call, and I'll never forget. I'm sitting at home. I'm watching – the draft go by. It's like, is this really going to happen? Am I going to get drafted? <laughs> like, I have no idea what this entails because I'm really naive to this whole process. Yeah, if you go
0: to some small school, like, exactly. or I assume the bigger schools, they probably bring in people to say, hey, this is what it's going to be like when some of Absolutely. you guys get drafted. But most of you guys are going home after this. I'm sorry. That's just the numbers. That's of just things. the nature of it. But they probably still have a, an expectation of what to mm-hmm. expect, where you from a small school, it's like, I hope I get a call, but what uh, happens then? <laughs> I'm like
1: shrugging my shoulders like, uh, what do I do here? <laughs> um, so I'm seeing, it, you know, I didn't expect to go in the first two rounds. I think is the, fir- is the first day of the draft. Um, I could be wrong. I think it might be a little bit longer. I think it's the first five rounds. I didn't expect that because all the phone calls leading up to that, they're like, yeah, we see you in in this range. Yeah. We see you here. We see you
0: there. Yeah, this round or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. And it
1: was always in, in like that 10- Oh, we see you anywhere from 10 to 20, 10 to 20, 10 to 20, which is not terrible. Um, just to get drafted is, you know, amazing, amazing, amazing. I mean, amazing. Such,
0: such a small percentage of college athletes ever go on to anything pro.
1: Yeah, and I uh, the statistics back then were like, okay, 11% of high school players go on and play college, okay, of the of all the colleges – I think I got that wrong. I think it's like twenty some percent. High school players actually go on to play okay. in college. Of that, of all the colleges, eleven percent get drafted. And then obviously from there, actually making it to the major yeah, leagues, probably
0: what less than six. It's less than one. Oh, jeez.
1: It's less than one wow. percent. So like, of those fifty guys that a, that an organization drafts, the Cleveland Indians drafted fifty guys in two thousand seven. Me, personally, I was the only one from my draft class to make it to the major leagues with the Indians. There was two other guys in that draft class that made it to the major leagues, but with a different team. Okay. Um, But the the statistics are, are – the odds are against you. Oh, yeah. They're stacked against you. Um, But I got a call the, the second day of the draft. I get a call from the Cleveland Indians, and it was the very first time I had ever spoken to the Indians. I had spoken to every team and I filled out questionnaire cards and and um pamphlets for every major league team and and sent that to those teams. And this was the first time I heard from Cleveland. They're like, Oh yeah, um, we really like you. We saw you all season, we saw you um last year in the Valley League, we saw you in college, blah, 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 blah. Um, but what would it take to sign you? I was like, Well, it would, um I'd like some money, you know, I I know there's there's money available in the draft. Um I don't really know how to put a dollar amount on you know when, what, I'm, what, what I'm worth what yeah. I'm worth. I've never had to do that. What that's a very value I can bring to you. And as like that's a very difficult you know, difficult qu- um answer for me. But I know that I can come in there and work hard and, and do the job. They like that. Um they're like, okay. Um appreciate everything. You know, you, you might hear from us, you might not, but we'll stay in touch. Got off the phone watching the rounds go by, rounds go by, and I actually got up to go get something to eat because it was getting close to dinner time. It was like six o'clock, like five thirty, six o'clock. And <laughs> nothing I, I, I actually didn't get anything to eat and we decided to leave as a family. We were gonna go out to dinner. I was like, Yeah, I haven't gotten drafted yet. Like dad like one you know, what's going on? And I was like, Well, we haven't gotten picked yet, whatever. Oh yeah, all right. Well we hop in the car and as we're driving down the road, I get a phone call from uh Derek Ross, a scout with the Indians at the time, and said, Hey, uh we just drafted you in the thirty fourth round. So I'm like, so like instant celebration, instant <laughs> celebration in the car. But at the same time, I was kind of disappointed because I didn't see my name go across the scroll on the on the draft side. Ah, they got TiVo for that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh huh. But in, instant, instant, so we decided to go to the local steakhouse instead of where we were originally going to go, and we celebrated. Um, and it was great. Yeah, they um got to celebrate that I was I got drafted, and then they called. They that's like you know enjoy the night. We'll call you tomorrow. So they called me the next day. Hey, um, we don't really have this right now. They kind of took it out of the the, the CBA, and he went over what a CBA was a collecting bargaining agreement with the players' union. Blah 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 And said, so, "Hey, we we used to do draft and follows, where we would draft guys and then send you somewhere to go play, and we, so we could watch you more, and then and then sign you. So we never talked about my. We talked about that." You know, where, um, I was like, well, I've been offered to go to the Cape Cod League to play for uh, so-and-so. Um, but I could go back to Virginia and play in the Valley League. Um, you know, I'm comfortable there. It is what it is. And that guy was like, yeah, yeah, that's perfect because our national scout is in the D.C. area. And that's where my team was. It was, okay. was close to D.C. And so I went back there. And performed well in that league. actually made the All-Star team again. Nice. Um, and then after the All-Star game, I had two more starts. And I usually don't – I'm very humble. I usually don't like to toot my horn. But I had a start, and I struck out 17 guys in my start. Um, And the most you can have is 27. <laughs> so, I struck <laughs> out 10. That's a hell of a good day. <laughs> I – um I didn't give up any runs and I went a complete game, struck out 17. I think I had three walks and, um, was off. And then the Indians guy calls and said, Hey, I'm coming. I want to see you throw one more time. I'm
0: I'm sad that Is I still not enough to say, right. I mean, it's like well, like what else do you need to do? Like you got drafted, and they're saying, "Well, you got drafted, but you really didn't get drafted." So exactly, let's send you back to the league that you were already playing in. Let's see how you do there, mm-hmm. and then we'll think about it. Like right,
1: and what? I'm th- and those same questions, like I'm I'm having that conversation with my college coach because he went through this process yeah. before, and I'm asking him all these questions, like just stick with it's it. Probably your only frame of reference as well, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. My only reference, um. So I make my last start and it's at home, and I did well. Like I, I went, uh, I think I went seven or eight innings. I got the win. I I gave up like one or two runs. It was great. Uh, I didn't strike out as many. <laughs> no, it's <that's> not <laughs> but, very common, is it not? But yeah, it's not. It's definitely not. But my, <laughs> my velocity was still there. My numbers were still good. Like everything was still still okay. And we had a conversation after, like, hey. What's it going to take to sign you? I want to sign you now. And, and, that, and
0: that means to bring you on to the Indian staff, right? Uh, so, like, To
1: so bring me into becoming a Cleveland Indian. Okay. And he's like, how how does, you know, 10 grand sound? And I'm like, holy shit, it's $10,000. I've never had $10,000 before in my life. And I was like, you know, I, um, let me think about it. Let me sleep tonight. I also have an agent. Um, just so you're aware, like, he, he he would be the one negotiating this kind of thing, um,
0: but that offer sounds amazing.
1: You know, I'd never had money growing up, like
0: $10,000, like, holy shit, I could buy a lot with $10,000. Well, that's the thing, is like, if you've not had hardly anything most of your life, and realistically like it's not like you're working like you're playing ball all the time you're you're living on peanuts you know just to make ends meet or whatever so it's Mm -hmm. like 10 grand like it's a lot of money it's a lot of money how do i turn this down like (laughs) you know like what's my agent gonna do and then so i talked to my
1: agent um and he's like i'll take care of the process you know but tell me what you want i was like bro i don't know what i want i want to play
0: in the pros i I want to make millions of dollars what are we talking about
1: exactly i want to live out my you know a dream of playing getting paid to play a game yeah. Uh, um, he's like okay I'll I'll work on things I got a good understanding of like of these kind of negotiations so the next day the scout calls me he's like hey uh, who's your agent you know I, n- I need to get in contact with him we, we want to sign you we want we want you so he calls and, and they go back and forth my agent calls me he's like hey this is what they're offering I was like okay well can you get more <laughs> I just said it like that. Like, and I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Um, But thankfully, like, we came to an agreement. Um, We decided on just a little bit more than 10. Not much. That's okay. More uh, is better. More is better. Um, So, like, I tell people, like, oh, I signed for, you know, a Snickers bar and a plane ticket kind of thing. But... (laughs) you know, compared I'm to sure there's a lot of truth to that too. Yeah, I mean, compared to you know what you see with first rounders getting drafted and making, oh yeah, they signed for four million dollars. This guy signed for six million. This guy signed for a hundred thousand. This guy signed for yeah, this. But that's one I guy out know. of how many thousands, right? And then even like guys that got drafted before me and, and after me signed for more money. But it's okay. I'm a, I was okay with it. Like I was given X amount. I was happy with it because I, hey. I'm the first person from my hometown to get drafted and play professional baseball. I was the first one since like 1930.
0: And that's something they can never take away from you.
1: That's right. That's
0: right. You're absolutely right. And I didn't realize that at the time. Well, you never do when you're going through it. You know, It takes like a perspective later. Because yes. like, what do they always say? It's like you can't see the picture when you're inside the frame, right? Exactly. It's like you've got to be able to step back to be able to mm-hmm. see the whole picture, which is why it's so important to have good mentors in your life. Like you had your coach that you could bounce stuff off of. Like what am I expecting? What's going on? You have an agent who's done this before. Is like, okay, I don't want to make millions of dollars because you see that on TV, <laughs> but that's not how this works. Like this is right. how we need to do to get in the door. When they put you in perspective, yep. it, it, it exactly. really changes the game. Exactly. It
1: really does. Um, So we I, I actually tell my host family, like, hey, I got drafted, I signed, I had to tell my team, I had to tell my teammates, like, I'm not going to be with you anymore, <laughs> Um, you guys are going to have to finish the season out, Um, but everybody was really, really happy. It was, I'm sure they're it, all it, super it, excited, it it's was all a, their dream too. Right, it was a great, because there was actually other guys on the team that were basically in the same situation, but chose... Not to sign, they chose to go back to school
0: to finish their degree,
1: to, to finish their degree, but to play one more year of college baseball, more
0: experience, everything else. Yeah, yep, and hoping to
1: get drafted the following year. And some did, um, but everybody was happy and 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 whatnot, and it was a great experience. We actually drove back to my hometown, it was about four hours, so not that bad. And... I remember signing my contract at a Starbucks. <laughs> we went <laughs> so it, official. Well, and it was the only Starbucks in Morgantown at the time. And we we went to Starbucks and and my family was there, my mom and dad and sister and it was myself and and the scout. And he's like, "Hey, you want anything?" Like I was like, "No, I I'm good." Like I just I don't know what this does, but I'm I'm here. <laughs> um but my dad's like, oh yeah, I'll get something. I'll get something to drink. And he's like, no, 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 I got it. This is on the Indians. <laughs> so he uh, he got everybody a drink at Starbucks, and uh, we sat down and we talked um, about the process, about what what was next. He had all the numbers right there on the contract. This is what you'll be paid. This is where we're gonna send you. Um, and I signed it. And he said, in four years, I'll see you in the major leagues. In four years. And this happened in 2007. I signed my contract like the third week of July. And my dad was like really, really excited. Mom was excited. Sister was excited. Everything. We were all on cloud nine. Yeah, I mean, it's
0: it's a huge accomplishment. (laughs) It's
1: so amazing. And then um, they they called me. The Indians front office called me. Uh, People in the front office. They called and said, hey, welcome to the organization. Uh, So glad to have you. We heard a lot about you. Um, this is where you know you're going to be going to our spring training complex that's down in Winter Haven, Florida. We're going to send you down there. You're going to be part of the rookie team. And I'll, my question was, I uh, kept saying, "Was like, you know, am I going to be a starting pitcher? Am I going to be a reliever? Or like, what, what, what am I going to? What, what's my role?" And they're like, "Well, right now, what we see is that you you threw a lot of innings in college." You threw, like, a, a, about 100 innings in your spring season. You went to summer ball, and you threw another 40, 50 innings. So we're going to try to limit you a little bit. So we're going to have you come out of the bullpen just to kind of limit your innings, and then the following year we'll reevaluate. Perfect. Okay. I uh, get on a plane, and I go to Winter Haven, Florida. Never been there. <laughs> and a uh, guy picks me up at the airport. It's like hey my name's ghost <laughs> and <laughs> it's this bald guy you know he picks me up in this big uh white van and i'm the only one he's like yeah we picked up some other players this morning and your flight got in a little bit later so i'm here to pick you up i'm the clubhouse guy and if you need anything just just holler at me and my name's ghost and um he took me to the the spring training complex and i was just like blown away it's like a cathedral like uh, you yeah, I'm know, sure yeah. compared to a small college. It's oh my gosh! So small college. I'm used to seeing one baseball field, while well, there's ten baseball fields, <laughs> and they're all attached to one another. And uh, I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I get myself into? Like, uh, you know, this is kind of scary. Like, I've been away from home, yes, but now I'm like hours. I'm a I'm a yeah, couple hours away. I'm a couple hour plane ride <laughs> away. Um. But it was it was fun. It was it, it was it was an experience, and he brought me in. I put my stuff. There was a locker there. They had spikes waiting for me. They had a new glove waiting for me, and uh, said, "Welcome to the organization." And I had all this. New Indians gear, and it's like, holy shit! Like, I uh, I worshiped like the Indians growing up, you know, it was the Pirates and the Indians, like, those were my teams, and now, holy shit! Now I'm putting on their shorts, I'm putting on the shirt, I got a jersey with my name on it, never had a jersey with my name on it, like, damn, like, holy shit! Like, you know, I uh, vividly remember that, (laughs) yeah, but um,
0: and then from there. Um, learned how to be a professional and learn professional. Did they, did they do baseball. a good job teaching you that, or was it just a matter of like watch and learn from the older guys and kind of just emulate what they were doing?
1: At first, it was watch and learn. Okay. Um, because there was guys older, there was guys younger, and it was it, it was like, well, these guys, these kids have been here for a while, and I remember, um, coming from West Virginia and playing in Virginia. I didn't know anything about Spanish-speaking individuals. We didn't have that. There was nobody in my school that spoke Spanish. There was nobody in my college that spoke Spanish. I mean, maybe there was back then, but you didn't know. You didn't know them, yeah. Um, It's a small percentage. So, like, I'm sitting in a bullpen, and I got all these players next to me, and they're speaking this language. And I'm like, I have no (laughs) idea what's going on. And... Um... But then they would turn over to you and talk to you in English. Like, holy shit, what the fuck? Like, <laughs>
0: that's gotta be a trip. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm like, I was I was a naive kid and had no idea like that that existed. But it was great. It was great to interact with with different cultures and see how they interacted with one another. And then, um and then my career kind of took off from there. We. Um, I finished out the, the – well, the rookie season. went to rookie ball. It was called rookie in the Gulf Coast League. So we played in Disney World. Never been – I haven't been there since – my kid, My parents took me there when I wasn't old enough to remember it. Okay. Um, but we got to go to Disney and play against the Braves. Got to go to Tampa, play against the Yankees. Like, Holy oh shit, got to play against the Yankees. And when I, when I was there, Jason Giambi was rehabbing. I'm like, oh yeah, Jombis right there and I'm like watching him like take batting practice. Holy shit, I watch this guy on TV.
0: <laughs>
1: um got to see the Yankees, got to see the Blue Jays, the Astros, the Phillies, got to be in these state the spring training stadiums. And then uh I was like, "Holy shit. I'm I'm a Cleveland
0: Indian. Like <laughs> I made
1: it. Woo." <laughs> um but then kind of tried to understand what professional baseball was like where I was like, oh, I'm actually at the bottom, bottom of the totem. Whereas before
0: you're always like the big dog kind of like Yeah like, ah like all star seasons, like pitcher of the year and all this kind of stuff. And now it's like oh I'm the peon. This is not good.
1: Uh, Yeah yeah. This is foreign territory (laughs) for me. Like you know, what's going on? You know, and there's there's guys throwing harder than me. There's guys not throwing harder me, but doing better than me. Yeah, like I was like,
0: move mm. the ball around a bit better, maybe. I was like, or, what do
1: I got to do? Like, wh- I I, I got to do something. I got I got got to show them what what I can do. So, I had a phenomenal rookie season with them, and halfway through this, like the last two weeks of the year, I got called up to Mahoney Valley, which was their short season team. I was like, damn! Like, I moved up a level. Woo! I, I went to an actual minor league stadium where it wasn't just the spring training complexes where there was no fans, no nothing. Yeah. You're just there to, to get reps in. Get practice. we, we practiced and we ate breakfast to practice, ate lunch, played a game, ate dinner, went home. That so you're was, there all day, all day, every day. <laughs> um, like seven days a week. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Like no off days. <laughs> um, you might have had an off day from playing a game, or you might not be available to pitch that day because you already pitched the, Yeah, but you're the still before, there. But you're still there. <laughs> um,
0: you're not sitting at home watching Netflix. <laughs> no.
1: Netflix wasn't back then. <laughs> but uh, we um, got called up to Mahoney Valley and then had a host family. So I kind of knew that process, like being with a host family, living with... With strangers. So you do that through college. Because that again, college. You, you
0: can't afford to live on your own. Exactly. So you're living with somebody who's willing to yeah. put you up and you're eating their food, you're staying in their place, so that mm-hmm. way you can go and chase your dream. Mm-hmm. So they may or may not be getting compensation from the college, I would assume, yeah. but I would imagine the Indians, they're getting compensation. Yeah.
1: It wasn't so much from the Indians, but from that particular um, team. Okay. Okay. So, but when you're. In rookie ball, like yeah, you got a signing bonus, but when you're in rookie ball and then you're in uh short season, you're making nothing, nothing. Like, and not
0: to mention, I'm sure your signing bonus, like some of that goes to your agents, some mm-hmm. of that goes to whatever else yeah, so you so, need to live on, and like yeah. you're supposed to live on the rest, like after so, taxes. Like so, on. what they
1: what they explained to us was that when you get a signing bonus, that is money to compensate your salary that you get when you're playing for six years. So like if you sign for 10 grand, that's got to last you 6 years.
0: Yeah, how's that going to work?
1: <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, that's that's how they do that's how they do it. You sign a 6-year minor league contract when you get drafted. That money is supposed to compensate the money that they pay you during the season to make up for as little The fact that you're not making any money. The fact that you're not making any money. <laughs> you're absolutely right. But so, you eat a lot of PB&Js. Yep. Peanut butter becomes your best friend. Um, Whatever's cheap. Or stadium. like so, And you have to pay clubhouse dues. Oh, really? So, you got to pay your clubhouse manager who does your laundry, cleans your spikes. That's not covered by the organization. It's no, covered by you guys. Exactly. And then he provides a pre-game meal and a postgame meal. And most of the time, it's not PB and J. It's well before before the game. Yes. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, um, or a few deli meats here and there, and some cheese. But dinners were mostly stadium food left over from the concession stands. Are because, you kidding me? Because we're not making any money, so we can't pay him very much money. So the that team's like. Uh, Owner or whatever would say, "Okay, well, we got something worked out with the concession. Yeah, you mean hot dogs the, and nachos? Yep, hot dogs and hamburgers after a game. Oh god! And then they want you to perform at your best.
0: Oh yeah, you On know, this high quality food on we're the getting. high
1: quality food. But then, but then I have to hand it to the Indians. They started to really research and dig into that. The Indians would actually give the clubhouse manager money to provide." Better quality food. You just
0: have to. I mean, it's like it's – Because it's it's, it's fuel. You have to have good fuel.
1: And if you look at it from their standpoint, they have money invested in you. This is their investment. Yeah. So wouldn't you want your investment to do well? You would think. So they would actually provide that. So then we started getting more – when they did that, we started getting sushi as a pregame. We started getting – Sub sandwiches. We started getting grilled chickens. We started to get meats and proteins. Like and real v- foods you would expect. Like, real it's like it's like it's
0: your basics. Your proteins, your fats, your carbs. Yes. You know, like The sushi is light, so it's it's not gonna weigh you down, but it's it's packed full of nutrition with the raw fish, mm-hmm. the rice for the carbs, like all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, fresh vegetables in there for color. So yeah, because
1: you had a strength coach as well at all of these uh levels in, in Pro Ball that you did your workouts with them. They were they helped you with your nutrition. They helped with everything. And then you had um, your clubhouse manager who would provide that for you. So I have to hand it to Cleveland really um, being the the um, entrepreneurs into that um, Real- science. Realizing
0: that they need to invest more into exactly, their
1: players. Exactly, exactly. That they needed to invest in their players' well-being and fuel them. In order to get their product that they put the money and in, invested in. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. So, I, I really do have to hand it to them for that. But that um, is where my pro career started.
0: So, Now, did you – how long were you in the minors then? Like, was it four years until you made it to the pros? Absolutely.
1: I, so, I held – I that was a um, – not like a promise, but like a, hey, I'm going to see you. In the major leagues in four years. So I got drafted in 2007. I made my debut uh, May 25th, 2011. So okay. So four years. So it was four years in the minors. In the minors. So I started and I played at every level. I hit every level on the way up. And that usually doesn't happen. Um, a lot of guys will skip a level. They'll skip over high A and go straight to double A. From low A. Well,
0: again, I don't understand the differences. You have to explain those real quick. Yeah.
1: Um, So, you start at the bottom, which is rookie ball. Okay. The next is short season. And the reason why it's called short season class A is because their season doesn't start until June. Because they're waiting on the draft.
0: Yeah. And I assume you're playing all year round.
1: No. Okay. So, it's typical, like your major league season starts in April and ends in the end of September and beginning of October. That's the baseball season. Okay. So rookie ball and short season play the same season. It, they're shorter. They they start their games after the draft. So the draft happens the first week of June. They're starting the second and third week of June and going to the end of September. Okay. Uh, actually, first week of September. I take that back. So that's why rookie and short season, that's why they have – those labels and that's where all your new drafts um your imported players your players from the dominican republic mexico venezuela puerto rico like wherever they're from cuban they they go to rookie and short season when they first get signed and then a full season in the minor leagues your first full season is class a class low a is what they call it um which was at the time with with um, Cleveland was the Lake County Captains, and you can actually go go there, and there's a plaque um, on the entrance to that stadium, and my name is on that in- on that entrance. Oh, nice! Um, because I was I played there. And I made it to the major leagues. Okay, so, so you went every, through there so, exactly. So, you get like, so every player that had come through there
0: made that the made it to the made it to the major is for leagues, other people to look up to or what have you. It, it
1: it's a way to recognize that those players actually played here first. Cool. Okay. Um. Then you have High A. It's called High Advanced A, which is a it's a level above Low A. Guys are throwing harder. Guys hit more home runs. Again,
0: like I assume every level is a level up. Every like level is a talented. level up. Yeah,
1: but for sure. And then those are full seasons, which start in April and end the first week of September. Because in the minor leagues, you don't play 162 games like they do in the major leagues. You play 141 or 142 games. Um, then you have Double A, which is an Akron. Back then, it was the Arrows and now it's the Rubber Ducks. Rubber Ducks, yeah. Um. Uh, played there and then triple a um was the columbus clippers and then the big leagues so i i actually hit every level within four years and there's more than four levels and i got to the major league so i started in rookie ball by the end of the season i made it to short season
0: mahoney valley okay so you didn't even play a whole season in rookie ball you already got bumped up got bumped up during it
1: exactly okay so and I was like, "Oh, so is this how I want to progress?" And I kept thinking, like, "Okay, I want to start this the season here, and end here. Yeah, I, I want to start L- here level and up before here before the season's over." Exactly. So I, that was my thought process. And then the next year, I started in Lake County. I finished in Haye, which was Kinston, North Carolina. I finished there. The following season, I started in Kinston and finished in. I got called up really early. I was in Kinston, um. Two weeks in two thousand eight, at the end of the season, and then the beginning of oh nine, I was there for one month and got called up to double A. So I spent basically the whole season in double A in two thousand nine, and then it
0: seems like it would slow down as you get closer to the top. It seems that way. It does. It it, it actually it does and it doesn't. Oh really? Um. So in two thousand ten,
1: I made it to AAA like the whole season. I started in AAA. And I said, man, I want to, I want to finish in the big leagues. I want to finish in in Cleveland, and I didn't. I was like, it's oh, okay. But they sent me to the Arizona Fall League, which is the premier, um, fall league for everybody's like number one first rounders. Uh, the year that I was there, Stephen Strasburg was a, was a prospect. Um, Drew Storen, um. Dustin Ackley, like like all these big names. Buster Posey was in the league. Andrew Miller was in the league, but he was a Marlin. (laughs) He wasn't an Indian yet. (laughs) Um, All these big, big profile names that got drafted, and the biggest profile, like that season, was was Steven Strasburg. Kid got drafted out of San Diego State. Guy's throwing 100 miles an hour, and he he was in, in the league. And guys even on my team, Jason Hayward was on my team. Freddie Freeman was on my team. He was my first baseman. Craig Kimbrell was a pitcher on my team. (laughs) Like, all these guys that are still in the major leagues right now were on my Arizona Fall League team. And I went out there and and did extremely well. And I actually fought Drew Storen for the lowest ERA out of pitchers for the Arizona Fall League. And I was a 34th rounder. These were all first rounders. Yeah, exactly. Like – These are guys that are supposed to be there. They're expected. Yeah, they're supposed to be kicking your ass. Exactly. They're expected to be there. That's their expectation. The expectation for a 34th rounder was to stay
0: home. Like, I I was supposed to be cut realistically, You're going to stay in double A for most of your career because you never advanced to triple A. Right. right? Or
1: or stay in low A. Yeah. Um, You're not supposed to advance. You're not supposed to be good. Like, they don't like that. You're a 34th rounder, and you're beating out first rounders. They don't like that. But that that fueled me. That, Absolutely. That, dro- that
0: drove me. That underdog mentality of, like, I'll show you, assholes. Exactly.
1: Like, hey, I belong here, too. Yeah. Just because you got $10 million and I got a Snickers bar doesn't mean, <laughs> you know, I don't belong here. We
0: ended up the same place, son.
1: <laughs> so I actually fought Drew Stor and ne- We were neck and neck. for. I- we both had a zero ERA for – 15 innings or whatever it was in the Arizona Fall League and we're facing all these big profile hitters first rounders and guys that made you know millions of dollars later in, in their career but we were all not millionaires then um, getting them out. I was making them look stupid back then and my last outing I gave up two runs and my ERA went to like a 1.4 and we were actually against Drew's team, and he went scoreless. And I was so shit. pissed, shit, so pissed. But I finished with the second lowest ERA, yeah, in, in, in the Arizona Fall, one League. four. Holy yeah. wow, well. yeah. So, um, but I really, um, enjoyed being a bullpen arm. I w- I wanted to be a star. I-, I forgot to hit on that earlier, um. The Indians just kept me in the bullpen. They loved my mentality. Well, they wanted to
0: bring down your pitch count, they said. So they yes. wanted to
1: see how you did without as much action. Right. So then they just kept me there because I did so well in that role. Um, I never did start. I started uh, three games in my professional career.
0: Just, I would assume, when your other starters are needing a break or what have you, Like
1: right? when we had a doubleheader and they didn't have a second starting pitcher okay. for that day. Okay, okay. And they were only seven innings. You could innings. fill that role even I could though come you, were, in.
0: you were essentially brought in to be a relief pitcher. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, they brought me in. I would only throw two, three innings. And then you kind of piece it together with a bullpen day. Gotcha. But I forgot to hit on that earlier. That's okay. But um, yeah, I mean, that's where that went. And then 2011, I felt like I should have made the team out of spring training. Um, I did extremely well in, in camp. They didn't have so much. They did, and so many um, negative things to say. They did. I didn't give them a reason to send me down to AAA um, because I was getting all these big names out pitching uh, in spring training. I was getting them all out, and um, just went from there. They sent me down in 2011. And then I get a call. I'm actually, what, what do you mean sent you down? To they us said, us? So they I thought s- you made it to the Indians in 2011. I did. But I started in AAA. Okay. So in, in spring training, they, they will send you to whatever level they need to. You're playing with the Indians. And you're in camp, big league camp, with the Indians. So I'm bumping elbows with CeCe Sabathia, Cliff Lee, and Grady Sizemore, and um, Travis Hafner, and all these guys you know, back then in 2011 and they had to send me down because they didn't have a spot for me. Okay. I was, um, I was on the 40 man roster. They had, they didn't have a spot for me. And then they had to send me to AAA. So they send me to AAA and I, I'm doing well there. I'm the closer for the Clippers. Um doing well there. And then I get a call. I'm actually at a concert across the street from our, our stadium it was oar was playing <laughs> <laughs> and uh my manager he uh mike sarball he calls me and says hey um you know something's going on don't really know but i really need you to come back to the stadium you know where are you and i was like oh i'm over here at this concert i really need you to come back to the stadium and the clipper he, stadium clipper Stadium." and he sounded so like De- not like down in the dumps, but like serious. Like I was like, oh shit! Yeah, this is
0: serious. Get your ass over here.
1: Yeah, like get here. I need I need you to come here. Um, I need you to probably pack your locker.
0: Ooh. I'm like, oh fuck me! <laughs> like <laughs> the the, uh, the one talk you don't ever want to get ever in from the uh, boss man. Like I thought I was going <sighs> home. I, I, I thought I was like done. Yeah, like, you, like you'd almost made it there, but they brought you back down yes. to AAA because you don't have a spot on the actual Indians team. You're thinking, like, another season, maybe two, and I'm right there. They'll have a spot for me. Mm-hmm. It'll be perfect. And now you're getting the hey buddy talk. Oh, hey, shit. by
1: the way, <laughs> so I show up and, and like, my my heart is like in your Oh, my I can gut. only imagine what you were feeling. It's in my stomach. And, um, I walk in. It's like, hey, I need ha- have a seat. And a pitching coach is sitting there. He's sitting there. Um, he said, "How are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, but what am I doing here?" You know, that's what I say. He said, "Well, I really need you to pack your locker." Um, I don't know how to tell you this, and I'm like, "Oh shit, here it comes." Um. You're going to be in Cleveland tomorrow. (laughs) Hey-o! I was like, oh, (laughs) shit. Like, you just scared the living daylights out of me. And then... How uh, much that's on purpose? Yeah. And then, like... But there were stipulations. So... What stipulations? So they didn't know if they were going to activate me or not. So I was in holding. Okay. So you're kind of in limbo. I was in limbo. I was sitting in a hotel... I had a friend's house. And... We're sitting at a friend's house and my wife was there too because she was staying at their house because they were going to take her to the airport the next day to fly out for her one of her friend's weddings in New York City. Your
0: wife, we skipped over all of this. We're, we'll hit this back later. Don't you think you got away from that one? We'll, we'll come back and touch on that later. <laughs> but, so she needed to fly out the very
1: next day to go to her friend's wedding in New York City. And I'm like, listen, babe, like, We're not married at this time. We're just engaged. Just dating at the time. Okay. We're 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 engaged. engaged. We're we're engaged. Okay. Um, We planned on getting married at the end of 2011. Fair enough. So, I was like, go ahead and go. I don't know if I'm going to be active or being sent back to Columbus. Like, just go, please. You you already But I can't miss this opportunity. Right. I can't. I I have to be here. This is where they told me to be. I'm going to be here until they tell me further. Um. So, she did. She got up in the morning. They took her to the airport. I'm still there. I'm still in limbo at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I haven't heard anything. Game starts. at 7. Okay. So, it's like 4 o'clock. And the um, travel guy for the Indians like finally calls. Like, hey, um, you can go ahead and come to the clubhouse now. I was like, oh, hell yeah, I get to come to the clubhouse. Like, holy shit. Like... <laughs> Um, They had to wait to see if somebody that they were going to put on the disabled list. um, A cleared
0: physical or whatever it it was. Yeah, if they
1: were actually going to send them and put the, like, that person actually got hurt and needed to go on the disabled list. And that happened. And that allowed me to get active for the Indians. And I was active that night. My wife's in uh, New York City. And I get a call like... You know, hey, where are you? Blah blah blah. I was like, I'm in the clubhouse, and I'm like crying and whatnot. <laughs> you know, my college coach calls me and he's like, "Don't forget, you you belong there. You're there for a reason. Yeah. Like you, everything." And, and I'm just, I can't hold Trying my emotions. I couldn't keep my emotions in check. I had to like go down the the ramp and the stairs to get away from like the clubhouse to kind of like breathe yeah. and like calm holy yourself shit. and you know wipe the tears away. Like you know, I'm so happy to be here, kind of thing. Like. Uh,
0: I never thought that this would ever come true, and I mean, for most people, it does not. Right? Yeah. It says less than one percent of the the eleven percent mm-hmm. that go from college actually make it to a pro uh, signing or whatever you want to call it, like a- an actual a uh, major league debut. There we type go. Thing. Yeah, perfect. Yes. Um, so,
1: and this is on a um, on a Friday, I believe. It's either a Thursday or a Friday. I couldn't. I can't remember. And. Um, one of the younger guys that I knew, he brought over a pink backpack, <laughs> and I'm like, "What's this?" So he said, "Hey, uh, by the way, you need to keep this stocked with this, this X, Y, Z. This stuff needs to be in here, um, and you got to carry it to and from the bullpen." Okay, I'll do that. No Roger problem. Roger that. Yes, sir. No problem. No problem. Yep. Yes, sir. Um, so I had to walk across the field with a pink backpack on, and you got. You know, thirty thousand fans screaming at you. Hey, nice backpack! But and um, but it was great. I got to sit in the bullpen of a major league game. I watch games at Jacobs Field forever. Like, yeah. I, you know, my parent, my dad took me there. Yada yada yada. Um, even when I first got drafted, I went to a couple games when the season was was ended. The year that they um, they clinched the uh, the pl- for a playoff berth. Uh, I I was at that game that they clinched against the Oakland A's, um, in two thousand seven. But what did, it, it was completely, um, I don't know, emotional and, and happy and everything. Sitting actually sitting and being a part. Of the bullpen. Oh, it's going to be
0: incredibly surreal. Surreal. It, you, it really was. You think you're was. never going to get there. And all of a sudden, you're there. I'm there. Yeah, but it's, it's like last minute. It's not like you had time to prep for this. No. No, it's like, hey, I thought I was getting cut yesterday. And now I'm here. Yeah. Like, this is awesome. Yeah. I'm sitting here. I'm watching the game through the, the
1: fence there in the bullpen. And I got, um, you know, Chris Perez is the closer. He's sitting there. Rafael Perez is to my right. Um, Some of the other guys. Joe Smith's there. Um. Joe Turpin, like all these guys that I know that are part of their bullpen are sitting right next to me. This is their job. Like, holy shit, I'm part of this too. <laughs>
0: it's my job too.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, like, and, and I'm wearing a jersey that's got my name on it, like, and it's got an, a, you know, an Indian instead of a Columbus Clippers or yeah. an Akron Arrows or, yeah. you know, so no, this is Cleveland Indians. Like, holy shit, like they could sell my jersey in the store, and somebody like can say, oh yeah, that person played here. Yeah. Um. So that was really surreal. But I didn't get in that night, and we were facing the Reds. It was the Ohio Cup. Um, didn't pitch,
0: but I was like walking on eggshells in the clubhouse. Like, oh yeah, because it's new for you. You don't know how to act. Like all the guys are probably giving you shit. You know, and, it's like, and you got fifteen.
1: You got a ten-year veteran that's over here that's yeah. played, you know, in the majors for ten years. You got guys over here that you know that you looked up to, like CC Sabathia is in the clubhouse right now. Like, holy shit. Um. I don't think he was then he was already been he had already been traded but i I' had been around him when in spring training but um Lou marson was was a catcher, you know Carlos santana's there yada 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 but just uh being able to i was walking on eggshells um didn't know if I was allowed to eat dinner or not eat dinner and like do do i only take a little bit yeah you know, one scoop of mashed potatoes or you know like <laughs> what do i do in this situation I, i'm it was so awkward do i actually go and do my routine i actually st- um i was a big icer so i would always ice my arm i didn't ice my arm that night because i did i was afraid i was afraid to like step on to, any to toes
0: because it's so new yeah, yeah. A- a-
1: and and just you know the guy next to me's is making 40 million dollars or whatever it was you know i'm just throwing numbers out there but i'm just here <laughs> like <laughs> you know um next day kind of the same thing but this time i got to go
0: into the stadium
1: earlier and like, do my routine roll out like? Kind
0: of feel like a more normal, natural yeah, game. Yeah, m- more no- normal. Cause, natural. Because again, you knew you were going to be there. You weren't yeah. sweating bullets. What am I doing? What's going on? Right? How's it going to be? What's it going to be like? Where do I go? What do I do? Like,
1: well, no. I, I was still that way. Okay. For for quite some time, but this time I actually got to play catch. So the the previous day I never touched a baseball the whole day, and never it, well, like you didn't even call till four o'clock. Exactly. So like. Catchers were already done. People playing catch, they, all practices were done. BP's done by then. Like everything was done. I'm just, I showed up and like, hey, here I am. <laughs> um, but this time I got to be p- more part of the team and play catch and practice yeah. and go And Plus, over. it's not
0: like you're the brand new guy because they've, they've seen you at spring training and all exactly. that kind of stuff. So they're familiar with you. They know you're playing triple or whatever. So it's like they, they're under, they they understood a little bit. They, more. they obviously see this process all the time. It's normal to them. Yes, where it's new for you. Because, where was it normal for me? Well, it's it's, it's a new step. because right? you yeah. were you were you were great in probably all the all the ones coming up because you were there, you were doing well, you're performing. Mm-hmm. But now you're like, oh, this is like the top. This is the top dog. No, this I'm is like, the top. What do I do now? So,
1: and then and then that kind of killed my my drive a little bit because this is the top. Yeah, there's nowhere else to go. I got it. Yeah, I got it. Like there's nowhere else to, for me to go. I can't finish. The season at a different level. That was it. Um, But I didn't pitch that night either. And then the next uh, Sunday was a day game. And Mitch Talbot was starting that game. Mitch and I are are friends or whatnot. We played together and against each other a lot through our careers. Okay. But he started the game where I made my debut. Uh,
0: Sold out crowd. The, The stadium's completely packed. It's loud. But well, dare I say, is that's pretty uncommon for baseball, unless it's like deep into the season, like for playoffs and whatnot, right? Because right. typically it's like, yeah, it might be pretty full, but it's not normally going to be sold no, out. No, this was standing room only, and it was the Ohio Cup
1: because we were playing the Cincinnati Reds. And I'm like, every time that phone rings and a bullpen's like, Oh shit, my is it me, is it me? <laughs> uh, don't be me, don't be me, kind of thing. <laughs> and um uh we ended up, it, the game was tied, we ended up, we were losing, but then we had a big inning in like the seventh, the seventh or eighth inning. We had a really big inning where we blew the game open. Uh, we scored like eight runs or something like That's that. That's the crazy thing about
0: baseball is one inning can change everything. Yeah.
1: And you know, guys that were your setup man and closers and your roll um, bullpen arms were throwing, getting ready going through their routine cuz they knew that they were probably going to pitch and then things changed and a bl- sudden, they don't need them because right. they don't so remain so yeah so save their arm and then they made a phone call down and hey uh maybe you should play catch uh, here in the 8th inning with the outfielder and I all right walk out there I open the door and I step out in the stadium and I saw like the triple deck and everybody and I was like oh the <laughs> things start spinning oh uh, things started spinning my hands started shaking i was cold sweating like everything and i'm trying not to overthrow um Chu, who was the right fielder then i'm just trying to play catch and i can't even feel it, it feels like i'm throwing a feather just trying to play catch like all oh, the God. adrenaline's rushing all yeah. the adrenaline my my eyes started twitching <laughs> and um I go back in didn't throw it away. I was I was proud. <laughs> I sat down and I'm like breathe you got to breathe you got to breathe <laughs> and I couldn't. I couldn't breathe. I was just so amped up. And then the phone rang and they're like, "All right, you got the ninth inning." Oh shit. Are you serious? Really? Like I mean that's what's going through my head. And I stood up, got it, got it, went up to the bullpen, started firing the ball. And I spiked one. I was like, oh, no. Like, can I throw strikes? Can I – please let me throw strikes. Please let me throw strikes. (laughs) (laughs) Brain of the baseball, guys, you know.
0: Um, Bullpen goes well. Uh, I would assume it's a matter of just having to settle in, realizing you've been here before. It's no different. And just let let the muscle memory from years and years and years of training take over.
1: And that's exactly what it was. I had to let my body do what it was meant to do. It was. Me- it has been doing this process. Yeah, you've been training for it for years since
0: you were what six. Yeah,
1: exactly. So bullpen went all right. I can't feel the baseball like it just like wow. I got you know I'm throwing the hardest I've ever thrown in my life kind of thing. Um, that adrenaline do things to you, <laughs> man. And then it's time for me to jog from right field all the way to the mound. You had to take a big backpack? No. Nope, didn't have to take the big backpack this time. <laughs> the, the next guy on the totem pole had to take it. Sucks to be him. <laughs> yeah. But um, make that jog across the, the the field. Get there. I got my hat down. And I can't see much. I can see the catcher. Fire the bullpen.
0: I like that, though. Focus.
1: Yeah. And... um that goes well that the, the pitches go well and then i'm like they throw it down to second base and then they do their little infield throw down and then i'm like get the get the ball from the third baseman and i look upwards worst thing ever. Yeah, steal and the it people. F- oh man, it felt like that third deck was right in front of my face and those people were on
0: top of it's, me it's screaming. Am- it's amazing what perspective will do to you when you like it's again it's it's a new thing. It's mm-hmm. a it's this crazy experience. Even though again you've been there hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. Yes. And I pitched in many, many professional
1: ball games with 10, 12, 15,000 people screaming. Yeah. But there's only two, you know, levels. There's one level and then maybe a little bit of a second yeah. level it, all through the minor leagues. These stadiums aren't, you know, ginormous. Yeah, They're not cathedrals. And, wow, my legs started shaking. My hands were shaking. My eyes were twitching so bad I couldn't see the signs that the p- the catcher was putting down. And it was louder than any college football game I've ever been a part of. Um it was just so loud the fans are cheering we're winning like blah 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 oh yeah so it was super exciting like holy sh- shit um but i remember like it was yesterday uh, i remember everything what did you, um, you do to calm yourself i didn't oh shit i didn't calm myself <laughs> i'm i'm this amped up for the duration of my inning first guy steps into the plate they announce his name um he's a left-handed hitter uh fred lewis and boom, strike one. I was like, hey, all right. Hey, my body remembers what to do. My body knows what to do. And, I, and I'm like, I'm shaking in my glove. Like, my hand is rattling, <laughs> and, and my eyes are twitching. Like, was that a one that he put down? Was that a three? Was that, you know, what he put down? I hope I don't cross up the catcher because I can't see the signs because my eyes are twitching from the adrenaline rush. Um, I end up going to a full count uh, on my first hitter, and I'm like, oh, I need to breathe. I walk around the back of the mount. I breathe. And I was like, okay, I'm not walking the first guy I face in the major leagues. Yeah. I'm not doing it. This isn't going and to I happen. I love
0: that determination of like, you're overwhelmed. You're freaking out. Your eyes mm-hmm. are twitching. Like, everything's going nuts. It's like, but you know what? It's like, I'm not going to fucking do this. Like, yeah, exactly. I got this shit.
1: Exactly. And I'm like, okay. Marson put down a one. I saw it and said yes. Good old fastball. And I reared back and let it go. Probably as hard as I could ever throw a baseball. And he swung and missed. So it was great. It was actually a ball. Now, uh, now that I've seen my debut and and the what the pitch was, if he wouldn't wouldn't have swung, it would have been a walk. <laughs> so uh, I tipped my hat to Fred. You know, thank you for swinging. I didn't want to walk my first guy, so I struck out my first hitter. And I and I saw um, Lou Marson ask for a new ball, and he took the the ball from the strikeout and he tossed it to a gentleman in the dugout. And I was like, well, what the hell? You know, what was that for? He got a new ball, and he threw that around, and I got a new ball. I was like, man, I kind of like that other one. <laughs> you, know, it, you know, it was, it felt good. But faced the next couple guys, uh, I gave up a hit. Um, I got an out, a fly out, and then I'm actually facing a guy who was on my team in the Arizona Fall League,
0: Chris Heisey. Now, did that put you at ease? Because... You knew him. You knew what to do. Like it kind of settled you down a little bit.
1: It settled me down as far as like, okay, I know who he is. Okay, he he's like me. Okay, I I settled down just a, a tad, but it was like, but he's also really fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason he's there. Yeah, there's a there's a so reason why the he, same you know, reason you're there. And 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 you know what? And his story was kind of like mine. He came from a very small town in Pennsylvania. He made it to the big league, and, and he bounced around the big leagues. He made a phenomenal career for himself. I, I don't know if he's still playing or not, but um, I remember him looking at me, nodding, like, "Hey, you know, welcome I know, I know you. What's up? I know you, but you know, welcome to the big leagues. You're making your debut because they announced that too. Like before the first hitter came, and they announced him, they're like, you know, number forty-five, Joshua Judy's making his major league debut, and. Now batting for the Cincinnati Reds, you know Fred Lewis, but guys got on. Um, I got Drew Stubbs out, I got um two outs, and I got a got a runner at second base, I believe. It was either at second or third, and I got two outs. I'm like still shaking in my glove. I'm like hoping not to balk, so because any kind of like flinch or anything, they're going to score. And I didn't want that to happen in my debut. I didn't want to be embarrassed. So I just try to like really hide it and hold it tight. And just my hand is like shaking in my glove. But I get Chris Heisey to fly out on a slider, a good pitch to left field. And I thought he hit a home run. I really did. He, he hit it. And like, oh, uh, shit. oh, he, he hit it and it went up. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, I could put my head down. Like, and it never made it to the warning track. So, like, the stadiums are so big, and they hit those balls so high that you think that they, they got it. Like, yeah. man, that would be a home run, you know, in Columbus. But in the big leagues, like, that ball went high. It didn't, like, go out. It didn't travel far. It didn't yeah. travel. And they caught it. I threw a scoreless inning in my debut. They tossed that ball to the dugout. I'm like, what's going on? Like, you know, why? I go in. I I, I – um, shake hands with my catcher, every hug, and then like, how's it feel? Blah 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 blah, and we're high fiving through the line. We just won the game. And I'm going through the manager's like, hey, welcome to the big leagues. You know, thank you know, way whatever. cool, way cool. And then uh, so those baseballs that they took, they had them decorated for me. Um and authenticated. So like your first strikeout. My first strikeout. Your first win. Yep. I got my first strikeout with my debut on it, and then I got a debut with the last out ball. That's so cool. And then the lineup card was saved, and I got everybody to sign it, and then um, they presented that to me as well.
0: That is so cool. And then
1: they gave me a whole sleeve of baseballs that were from the game, and they put stickers on them. They authenticated all of those, That I could give to family or whatnot from my debut.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. So um, that was everything leading up to my debut.
0: That's awesome. I'll tell you what. We've been rambling on here for quite a while. Let's save maybe like the rest of the story for maybe like number two. Yeah. Uh, but before we wrap up here, uh, the story of your, uh, fiance, who's going off to New York for a wedding as you're making your debut and now your wife, like we, we got to get into this. You like, got to get into that. How did, how did you two meet? So we actually met at a bowling alley. Okay. Um, in Morgantown. You were, you were out there throwing 300s and <laughs> she was like, who's this tall, handsome bastard? I'm That's right. She me was like, who's this tall, handsome guy? Um,
1: so Funny story. She worked there. She was a a, uh, a waitress, and also her be- her best friend Sarah was a waitress there as well. And there was this old creepy guy. You know that typical old creepy guy that's at every bowling alley. <laughs> and yeah, so they they knew him and they knew me, but they they thought I was unapproachable. And this was in two thousand seven.
0: Um, just like resting, bitch face, or what's going on here? No, like-
1: no, like oh my gosh, like. This guy's, you know, so so handsome or whatnot. Like, I can't talk to this person. Uh, okay, I get that. that kind yeah. of thing. You know, still very new, like, out of college. Like, we're juniors in college. He was a senior in college. Like, so kind of that... Um, yeah.
0: That he's out of my league. I can't go talk to Ex- him. He's, basically. He's, he's too pretty.
1: Right. <laughs> so... This old creepy guy's like, oh, yeah, I'll go talk to him. He comes down and talks to me. He's like, hey, there's two beautiful women back there that would like to get your number. Are you uh, interested? I was like,
0: hell, yeah, let's go. The answer is yes.
1: <laughs> um, so we go, in, and then they went – when he came down to talk to me, they went running and screaming like out of the bowling alley, out the exit door, like little teenage girls that, you know, somebody – you know, it's like is, you is, passed a note off to somebody and they're like, Oh my gosh, they're reading it. Is that not normal? I don't understand <laughs> <laughs> I do the same thing. But
0: um But apparently I'm really apparently, bad at this whole they, like dating thing. Yeah, they came back <laughs> they came
1: back in and it was her friend and I who exchanged numbers because my wife was too afraid to do that. So the joke between us is that, oh well, you wanted my best friend first and then it was like no, I really did it because I wouldn't pay attention to her friend at all all night. I paid attention to her.
0: You, normally, that's pretty obvious to people, but yeah. May, yeah, maybe not when everyone's got the swoon eyes going right. on. Right? No, no, no.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So then we started talking more, and then we started hanging
0: out. We what what kind of time frame is this? So this
1: was in September, the very end of September, um, in two thousand seven.
0: Okay, so you're just starting in college.
1: No, I I had just finished short season okay. in pro ball. So I got drafted in 2007.
0: Oh, that's right. You got drafted in 2007. In
1: June. Okay. I played, and then I was home after the season and was getting ready for them to send me to uh, instructional league. Gotcha. Um, okay, okay. So I had to go do like a, a month thing in, in Winter Haven. But we started talking, started hanging out. Um Went on quite a few dates. And then I got sent to instructional league. But we talked on the phone almost every day.
0: The long distance is so tough. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, like, it was very fresh. It was new. Like, we'd only, like, know each other, you know, three weeks kind of thing. But then we remained, like, kind of dating or whatnot, like when I came back. And ever since then, we've been together.
0: Interesting. So, what? what how did she deal with all of your travel, having to be away, cool. working seven days a week, not having time for her. Like, how, how did that go? It was, it's a, it, it's a very interesting relationship. We,
1: because I would be gone almost all the time, working the seven days and she worked full time as well. So she would be here working her job and taking care of our apartment or wherever yeah. we were and I would be out playing ball. She never traveled with me. So like, for us to make ends meet, because you don't make anything in the minor leagues, both of us worked. So um, we would see each other once, twice a month, and we made it work. Um, did a lot of traveling. She, w- she would come and visit uh, quite often. But then, like, early in, real early in our relationship, like, so in that 07, 08. So 08, she graduated from college um, in 07. Well, actually 2008, but oh seven. In January of 2008, she moved to Florida to work at Disney World. She did the college program okay. and, and was working for Disney World for, for eight months. It would probably be a cool job. Yeah. She loved it. She got to drive the safari truck uh, at Animal <laughs> Kingdom. <laughs> and she got to give the safari, you know, to to um, customers, to, to people. All the visitors, all yeah. All the visitors. So, she did that, but she would take some time off. She would schedule some time off, and she would fly up and see me in Lake County. I was playing in Lake County. Um, just anytime we we could work out, like, a w- basically a week a month is when we saw each other. Okay. Um, pretty much
0: throughout my whole career. But realistically, that's not horrible for a long-term relationship. I mean, long long-term, long-distance relationship. Right. You know, because most times... It might be a couple of months before mm-hmm. you even see each other, so that, that's not horrible, yeah. but still, it takes a special kind of dedication, from, absolutely, for both of you.
1: Absolutely, more so on her, on yes, her, on much her
0: more end. so on her side, because you're busy I'm doing busy. what you want to do, what you're yes. chasing, and mm-hmm. she's just like, "Is he ever going to give this up and like want to be with me?" What the hell's going on here? Like, exactly.
1: Exactly. So I got you know hats off to her more, more often. Now, granted, I've
0: only met her once for a <laughs> with, couple for uh, a yeah, couple when dollars. she was coming yeah, tatering with, you know? with the Breakfast Club. Seriously, but. She seems like a sweetie, Uh, you know. Incredible, You just get like a feeling about people, like Mm -hmm. right away. You like just trust your gut. Like she seems like a sweetheart.
1: The absolute best thing ever that ever happened. I would take that meeting her and 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 our life together over my major league debut, one hundred percent. She's phenomenal. She's just everything. She really is awesome.
0: I'll tell you what. That is a great place to wrap up this first part uh, they'll, <laughs> All right, they'll part at one. least they'll at least be a part two uh <laughs> possibly a part three we'll see uh obviously um like we know each other now mm-hmm. and it's like i i feel like i mean i i have this it's so stupid it's like Again, you get a feeling about people. And it's mm-hmm. like I feel like we've, we're kind of becoming like fast friends. For sure, like, like we barely know each other from hanging out, like waiting for whiskey. to Yeah, open waiting up or for whatever. whiskey. Yeah, for a couple but, hours every morning. Yeah, but yeah. You, know? you can kind of get like a sense about people, and it's like, oh, let's start hanging out more. Let's do whiskey exactly. nights. Let's Do whatever. Let's come over for the podcast. Let's bullshit. And it's like I'm enjoying the shit out of this. Absolutely,
1: time, so. it's very personable. It's yeah. very I uh, like. Man, you know, did I not know this person? You know, before like it's
0: it's funny because like we actually had a, a, a spoiler alert. I had a, I had a podcast this morning, and and one of the people who came over uh, as as Todd, and he was a person that came into my life at a very critical stage. I was I was very young still. He helped me grow through a very interesting time of my life where I was. I was divorced. I was dealing with like a young child and dealing with my ex-wife and mm-hmm. all those kind of troubles. I was questioning my own like thoughts and beliefs and everything else. And we became very fast friends. And, and he's a, a, a firm believer that you find people in your life that you in, instantly click with. And it's like you've Absolutely. got instant history, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like – like I feel like uh, he's like uh, big into the reincarnation. Okay, So he believes like – he believes that like our souls have met before and now they're meeting again in this time and place because we're drawn like magnetically to each other. A- and I can relate to yeah, that for so sure, 100%. So it's, so it's kind of funny because again, like we barely know each other, but like I feel like we're becoming like fast friends, which, yeah. like, which is kind of cool it's like – I don't know it is what it is but nonetheless yeah. like we'll we'll do plenty of uh, other stuff oh, I'm if you sure one hundred percent I had really enjoyed it and one thousand percent we need to cover at some point the whole idea of the Cleveland Indians changing their name <laughs> because the woke mob has come out and said this is offensive like who is it offensive to like it's offensive to those I don't, I don't think the Native Americans are super offended no, by it. Uh, a lot uh, of them are not. Well, let, let's um, let's let's not get into yeah. it. But we will certainly have to cover yeah, that someday for sure. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on the show. I really Thanks appreciate for bringing it. us some whiskey. I've been we've been drinking whiskey all the time. I've been enjoying this Heaven Hill uh, old style bourbon and green uh, label his green label, which is quite delicious. And yes. I got to say, this uh, 1910 that we popped open is a little spicy, but it's it's, it's good. It's, it's very mellow. It's very very uh, for, good for me. It had to mellow out a little bit with the ice a little okay. bit. But I had to kind of chill. But nonetheless, so yeah. thank you so much. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts you'd like to leave with our no, listeners? No. Um, I mean, I really
1: enjoyed being here, telling you know parts of my, my story. I don't get to tell it very often. But it was great. To, it was a really great, great experience. I'll tell you
0: what. I think the listeners are really going to enjoy it. There was lots of good detail in there. Lots of... Lots of things to think about, but obviously it kept flowing the entire time. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here, like, captivated listening the whole time. It was, it was <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you, sir. Thank and, you. And uh, we will see you guys next time. Dude, that was fucking great. Yeah, it was. That was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a little kid. It's well, I don't know all right well that wraps up another great episode it was so nice of josh to come on the show on such short notice now i had recorded this weeks ago previously when i actually recorded the last podcast we did oh what did i call it contemplating our existence or something like that Uh, so it was short notice so Josh came over and we recorded and it was great so I've been sitting on this one for a little while so I've been very excited to get this one out for you guys because I didn't want to have them too backed up where they were back to back and then people would have missed out on the last podcast because again I try to release every couple of weeks because I'm certainly not available to record every single week sometimes I wish I was able to but other times I'm glad I'm not because I've got other things that i like to do as well with my time nonetheless i hope you guys really enjoyed this one this is going to be part one of at least another part uh, maybe even a three-part series because there's a lot more of interesting facts and stuff to get into with josh's uh, major league baseball career and then obviously uh, we'll eventually get into bourbon and whiskey and all that kind of stuff is that's how i met josh you know because he is a bourbon purple belt Whereas I'm still very much a bourbon white belt. So there's lots of things that I need to learn from him as well. He's got a a vast knowledge of this. He's tasted lots of different things. So I can definitely pick his brain. And we're definitely going to do some some of that on the show. Not too much nerdy detail, but there will certainly be some nerd alerts going on there as well. Uh, If you guys are still listening, thank you so much for all of your support. I really do appreciate it the biggest thing we can do right now to support the show is to go out and leave it a five-star review. So please, wherever you're listening to this, go out and leave the show a five-star review that really helps it get bumped up in the rankings and allows new people to find the show. And obviously, talk about it with your friends, share it on social media, do all those kind of things too, because I would greatly appreciate that. Now, because of our tech guy, uh, tech support, Ryan Carlson. We now have a way for uh, listeners to contact the show. If you guys have any kind of topics that you want us to cover, or if you have any questions you'd like to ask any of our regular guests, please feel free to drop us a comment and we will get to those on the show. So you can go to uncensoredhumanity.com and fill out the contact us form, or you can send us an email at uncensoredhumanitypodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And all of those will land in my inbox. And like I said, we will get to those on the show. So let us know as I said if you have any questions or comments about things you'd like us to cover or any questions of the regular guests that we have. And we will get those answered and out to you guys. But that is all we have time for this week. So we will see you guys next time on Uncensored Humanity.